Municipal Stadium in Cleveland, Gillette presents the fourth game of the World Series between the New York Giants and Cleveland Indians. Good afternoon, baseball fans. This is Al Helfer speaking for the Gillette Safety Razor Company. Gillette is on the air the year-round with America's leading sports events for your entertainment. These include the Friday night boxing matches and such classics as the Rose Bowl game and Kentucky Derby. It's our way of thanking you folks who use Gillette products for your patronage. Now we switch to the clubhouse where Frankie Frisch, the Fordham Flash, is standing by with Bobby Avila and Hank Thompson to discuss highlights of yesterday's game and perhaps hazard a guess or two about today. Come in, Frankie Frisch. Come in, Frankie Frisch. Good afternoon, fans. Well, our guest this afternoon is Henry Thompson. And, folks, I'd like to brag about this fellow a little bit before I ask him a question. Henry, you don't mind. I want to talk a little bit about you. Here's a fellow we haven't heard too much about, but he's been doing a tremendous job, an outstanding job. He's got two of his rooters here, uh, Paul Laporte and Arthur Suskin. They are really two great rooters of yours. But here's a fellow has done a tremendous job uh, defensively, and he's been hitting the ball in the clutch. And the outstanding thing is a base-running job he did uh, the day before yesterday. Remember, Henry, when you were on first base? Yeah. And Dusty Rhodes hit the ball to left center field with a little blooper? Yes. Did you, that play was right in front of you, wasn't it? Yes, I could see that Larry couldn't have caught the ball. You could see, and you kept right on going. Yes. That was a fine piece of base running, and it had a great deal to do with the Giants winning that ball game. You went to third, and Dusty Rhodes followed you right to second, right? That's right. Henry, how's this thing going to come out now? Well, Frank, I hope we can win today and get on back to New York City. What about that Cleveland pitching? You've been hitting them pretty good, haven't you? I haven't hit them too good. they got oh. good pitching. I know they got good pitching, but you uh, are leading the, the club in scoring, aren't you? Well, I don't know. I haven't looked up Well, the I know you're not looking up the records, but I know you are. Henry, where did you start playing ball? Well, I started down in Dallas, Frank. I used to work at the ballpark there and kept playing around and jagging balls and so on and so forth. Did you work around the ballpark in a parking lot or anything? No, at the ballpark. Oh, at the ballpark. Yeah. I got a good friend of mine named John Hopstead. I hope he's looking at it. <laughs> Fine, Henry. And, uh, now look, I got this, uh, how, how much you weigh? 170 right now. 170. How tall? 5'8". 5'8". Little guys can play ball, too. How well I can recall being back with the St. Louis Cardinals. Bill Shandell. That guy could pitch a slow ball, change of pace. Arthur Neff, another great World Series pitcher. Arthur's living in Phoenix now, a terrific guy. And Harvey Haddix, Bobby Shands, and a number, number of other guys. And also Dick Rudolph. And they've, they've done a fine job. Henry, what are you going to do after the season's over? What are you going to do with your World Series money? Well, my wife, she got that all planned up. She'll take care of that, Frankie. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get a little bit of it, aren't you? Well, uh, every now and then I will. Henry? It's well to have you on our program. But first, I'd like to present you with this new Gillette one-piece razor set and the 1954 World Series record book. And fans, look for this Gillette display at your favorite store. And, uh, Harry, you take that, please. But this Gillette World Series record book is a dandy. You're going to find this big little book filled with baseball facts with diagrams of all the major league ballparks, and it's got 112 pages of real dope on World Series history. But there's a picture in here, and it's a picture of the 1953 Yankees, the World Series Yankees. It's a terrific picture. And, uh, Henry, nice to see you. Thank and you have a good one, boy, and keep bearing down. Thank Bye, you very much. See you later. Now, fans, we have another treat here. We have a fellow that's done a, 
Oh, a tremendous job all year long. At second base for the Cleveland Indians. Bobby Avila. Do I pronounce that right? Yeah, this is right from the system. My name, Frankie. Let me have that again, please. Bobby. Bobby Avila. 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 Well, I, I got it down then, didn't I? Yeah, you're right. Bob, what do you think you fellas are going to do today? Well, we're going to try to win it today and then take the next three games. Going to win today and then take the next three. That's right. Who's going to pitch for you today? Lemon. Lemon. He's a good pitcher. Your pitching hasn't been too bad. Outside of yesterday, it was a little shaky. Well, the two right? that I think of the pitch being wonderful. Yes, we don't uh, score any runs for them. Pitching seems to dominate in all World Series. What do you think about the giant pitchers? Well, they didn't pitch a good ball. They think we don't score too many runs or thing. I don't know if it is a pitcher or maybe it's us. We don't hit nothing. Well, you haven't been, there's no secret about that, Bob. You fellas haven't been hitting in the clutch, isn't that right? That's right. And I think the Giants, uh, I don't mean to say this because some people might say that the old Flash likes to see a ball, good ball game. You know, I'm not, I'm crazy about who's going to win this thing, but I'd like to see a good, real hot ball game like all three have been good ball games. Pretty good. But, uh... The Giants have been running those bases pretty good, Bob. Well, that's the reason is because they're getting on base. We don't get on base. I'm going to run the bases. Now, wait a minute. You've had, you had some men on bases, but you have been getting that key hit. You have been uh, really uh, getting the hit that means something. That's right. We don't hit it in the clutch so far in this series. How hours. about the umpiring in this series? Well, I say it's been pretty good, Frank. Can't, you know, can't tell because in three or four games, anybody can make a mistake and call a bad ball like anybody. They are human beings. That's right. And I think the umpiring's been outstanding in this series. I think they've been doing a fine job. Tell me something about a fellow that used to play for me that I thought was a grand guy and still is a great guy to me, your manager, Al Lopez. Well, he's a really nice fellow, and I used to say he's one of the best managers in business right now. You like to play for Al, huh? Yeah, I wish I could play for a long time for him. Well, you will. How old are you now? 28, Frank. 28? You'll be playing until you... Old second baseman, they just keep going. <laughs> I wish I could play as many years hey, you play, Frank. Wait a minute. You'll play, you'll play. The old flash is a second soccer. It's an interesting place to play, isn't it? I, I love to play second base. Yes, sir. And stay, stay at that second. Of course, when you get a little older, you can always shift over to the old man's home. You know, third base? Third base. That's not a bad spot. All you got to do over third base, you know, look in the glove, it might be there. That's not a bad place. But that Thompson has been playing great ball, hasn't he? Well, uh, certainly he's been catching a few balls that he's pretty hard to third base. He, he took a, a few off you, didn't he? That's right. Say, uh, Bobby Avila, here's a Gillette. Oh, now you're going to enjoy that. I know you will. And the record book is a dandy. And, uh, of course, you know, it's a one-piece razor. And a 1954 World Series record book goes with it. Fans, you can get your copy at your favorite store. Bob Avila, lots of luck to you, young man, and I hope you have many years in big league ball. Thank you, Frank. That's all we have time for now, folks. If this proves to be the final game, I'll be on the air after it's over with some of the stars of the winning team. Otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow with more pregame interviews. And now, we switch to the Gillette Broadcasting booth. And here, Cleveland, everybody, the weatherman has been specifically kind because we have a blue cloudless sky overhead, very little breeze blowing, and bright sunshine. And the broadcast this afternoon is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the Commissioner is prohibited. And the broadcasting of today's game, the fourth of the 1954 World Series, marks not only the 16th year in which these games have been aired over this network, but today the Mutual Broadcasting System is proud to be presenting itself on its 20th birthday. So, it's sort of a joyous occasion, and we expect same here at Cleveland. 
The starting lineups for this afternoon's ball game, the fourth in the series, three of them have been won by the New York Giants. And for the visiting New York Giants, Whitey Lockman will lead off at first base. Hitting second will be Alvin Dark at shortstop. The right fielder is Don Mueller. Hitting number four is the center fielder, Willie May. Hank Thompson will be the third baseman, batting in the number five position. Hitting sixth is Marty Irvin in left field. Davey Williams, the second baseman. And the catcher is Wes Westrom. The pitcher here this afternoon is Mount Carmel, Illinois, little left-hander Don Little. And we'll give you the Cleveland lineup just as soon as all stand to attention for the playing and singing of our national anthem. Jeff Chandler has sung our national anthem for us. We can give you the starting lineups for the Cleveland Indians. Al Smith will be in left field leading off. Hitting number two is Bobby Avila at second base. Hitting in the number three position will be Larry Doby in center field. Al Rosen returns to third base this afternoon for the Indians. He'll bat in the number four position. Then comes Victor Wirtz at first base. Vic Wirtz at first base. In right field is Wally Westlake. Sam Denty gets the call at shortstop this afternoon for Al Lopez Tribe. Jim Higgin, the catcher, and the pitcher is Bob Lemon. Coming back after having lost the first ball game in the series, it is he called upon this afternoon to see what he can do about stopping the onrushing New York Giants. Lemon has pitched nine in the third innings in this year's World Series, losing the ball game. He's a 23-game winner from Long Beach, California. The umpire in chief behind the plate this afternoon from the American League is Johnny Stevens. Al Barlick of the National League at first, Charlie Berry of the American League at second, Jocko Conlon of the National League at third, and it's going to be Nap and Warnicke on the baseline. And now before we turn the microphone over to our very good friend Jimmy Dudley for the first portion of the ball game, let's pause here ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGN, your exclusive World Series station in Chicago. And so this afternoon, it's a battle between the veteran Bob Lemon, a 23-game winner this year for Cleveland, and little Don Little, the low-pitching left-hander for the New York Giants. He's known for his low-breaking stuff. Well, let's see how the two are going to fare here this afternoon. And stepping up to the microphone is Jimmy Dudley. And Jimmy, this, I guess we'll have to say, is the do-or-die game as far as... Absolutely right, Al, and thank you very much. And hello again, baseball fans everywhere. 
Yes, sir, as Al stated, this is a do-or-die day for the Cleveland Indians, trailing three games to nothing. Al Lopez is sending his ace right-hander, Bob Lemon, to the mound. He started the first game of the World Series at the Polo Grounds just a couple of days ago. It seems like an awful long time ago, I'm quite sure, to a lot of Indian fans all over the world. But then, this is baseball, and a lot can happen. Even when you're trailing three games to nothing, Whitey Lockman steps into the batter's box, batting 154, left-hand batter. The first pitch of the ball game is a strike to the outside runaway side. Strike one called, Whitey Lockman, number 25. Only 28 years old. He's still one of the veterans of the giant team. Here's the wind-up. Lemon's next pitch is fouled back into the stands, off to the left. And the count is strike two. On to the count on the batter. Lemon turned in a fine performance in the first game of the World Series of the Polo Grounds on Wednesday afternoon. But as we all know, lost on a home run to Dusty Rhodes, who has been without a doubt the hitting star of the 54 World Series. Lemon checks his sign. Works into the windup. The 0-2 pitch. Lockman takes ball one low into the dirt. Ball one and strike two. Whitey Lockman joined the New York Giants back in 1945. An 18-year-old ball player out of North Carolina. But he's found the polo grounds and the rest of the major league parks to his liking. Ball one and strike two the count on him. Whitey stands deep in the batter's box. Here's the pitch. Strike three called on a fastball to the inside corner. He struck him out. Bob Lemon starting off today's game with a strikeout. And, of course, in baseball tradition and superstition, that is the good sign for the pitcher. The opposite, of course, is walking the first man. They say he'll always come home to roost on you. Here's Captain Alvin Dark, number 19, the giant shortstop, batting 333 in the series. Takes ball one outside. Curveball breaking down and away. Dark has four hits in the series thus far for a 333 average. Lockman, the leadoff man, had two so far. One out and nobody on. Lemon's next pitch. Dark swings and hits a high fly ball into short right center. Bobby Avila goes back with Wally Westlake is in, calls him off and makes the catch. Alvin Dark glides to Wally Westlake, the right fielder, coming in fast to a short right field position. You know, there have been only four home runs in this series, two for each team. There was a World Series that didn't produce a single home run. Though it had as its hero the greatest circuit crowder of them all, Babe Ruth. I find in the Gillette World Series record book that was back in 1918, and the Babe pitched and won two games for the Red Sox. And now up is Don Mueller. He springs on the first pitch, hits a fly ball out into left center, dropping in there for a base hit. Harry Doby made a run for it, but couldn't get to it. So there is the first hit of the ball game as Mueller slaps a top fly single into left center. That's Mueller's fifth World Series hit for this year. And it brings up Willie Mays. There's not more that you can say, much more that you can say about this boy that hasn't already been said or written. In the thousands of articles that have acclaimed him, one of baseball's most exciting ball players. Right-hand batter. 
Mays had three hits in yesterday's game. Swings on the first pitch and pops it up. Foul down the first baseline. Big words moves into foul territory. He has it and the side is retired. Foul to Vic Wirtz. And for the Giants in the first inning, no runs, one hit, one man left. And going into the last half of the first inning, the score is New York nothing, Cleveland nothing. You know, fans, to be right in all the thrills that make the series the biggest thing in sports, you need the new Gillette World Series record book. You don't have to be a red-hot fan to get a big boot out of this handy reference book. It's indexed so you can put your finger right on what you want to know. It's pocket-sized and crammed full of scores of past series games. Contains the record of every player, all the basic rules and scoring tips, modern record-breaking performances, this year's player rosters, and a lot of baseball information you won't find in any other book. With it, you get more fun out of the World Series and the hot stove league coming up this winter. And as far as that's concerned, next year's games, too. Why don't you get this book? Remember, it's free. It comes attached to the Gillette Super Spade Razor Set. You buy for just one dollar. You better pick up a copy tonight, though, because that supply is going mighty fast. And now going into the last half of the first inning, the Indians coming to bat. And for the Indians, this is the big day. I noticed that Al Lopez is sending Mike Garcia, early win, his entire pitching staff to the bullpen. He'll have them ready, ready for duty on a minute's notice. Leo DeRoche is in a spot to do the same thing. Stepping into the batter's box to lead off for the Indians is Al Smith, left fielder, batting 273 in the World Series thus far. Has three hits. Fuzzy, his teammates call him. Fuzzy top. Little's first pitch to him is ball one inside and low. Little Don Little, the giant left-hander, noted for his pinpoint control. He's a curveball artist. One nine lost four during the regular season. Last half of the first. The next pitch is ball two over but low. Umpire Stevens right on the ball all the way down into the catcher's glove. This has been a series kept well in hand by the umpires. Little okays the sign. The two and nothing pitch is a strike of beauty right down the middle. The captain goes to ball two and strike one. American League umpire Johnny Stevens working back of the plate on the balls and strikes. Barley at first base. Berry at second. Conlon at third. Knapp on the left field foul and Ron Wanicki on the right. The 2-1 pitch. Ball three, high and outside as a fastball took off. Sailed out of the strike zone. The count is ball three and strike one. The fourth game of the 1954 World Series coming your way from Cleveland's big municipal stadium before better than 70,000 people. Here's the windup. The 3-1 pitch is a strike to the inside corner, and the string is out. Full count of 3-2. and two. The crowd always sympathizes with the batter, of course, on that pitch when he starts toward first. But the yell of the umpire, the strike two, calls him back. Full count. 
Little working carefully. Into the windup. Pitch is swung on and a fly ball is hit just back in second base. Into short center. Second baseman Davey Williams back. Hundred, he has it for out number one. One away. That brings up number one, Bobby Avila. The Indian second baseman. Well, William Mays was hitless up until yesterday's game. He got three. And his World Series average of 54 is now 300. Bobby Avila, American League batting champion, has only two hits in the three games played thus far. Average of 182. Right-hand batter. Little fellow from Veracruz, Mexico. One out. Nobody on. He takes the strike. Waste high pitch. In less than 10 days, from the time the World Series has concluded, Avila will be in Mexico City playing baseball in the Winter League. The next pitch to him. He swings and he misses. Strike two. And Little crossed him up. He was looking for that famous little curve, but he got a fastball. Up around the shoulders and went for it. The count is strike two. The giant outfield, Irvin in left. Mays in center. Mueller in right. They're shaded toward left for this right-hand batter. Going to the count. Here's the windup. The next pitch is ball one high and inside. One and two count. Now... Umpire Stevens wants to take a look at that ball. Avila won the American League batting championship with an average of 341, but he packs a lot of power. Also hit 15 home runs during the regular season. Ball one, strike two the count. One out and nobody on, no score in the last half of the first inning. Here's the windup. The next pitch is swung on a line drive is hit to the second baseman, Davy Williams, for out number two. Avila, line to Williams. That brings up number 14, Larry Doby, the Indian center fielder. Doby has only two hits in the World Series. First three games. His batting average is 167. out, and nobody on. Left-hand batter. First pitch is ball one high and inside a fastball. Doby hit the dirt. Get out of the way of it. Little is not noted for his speed. It depends on his curveball artistry and excellent control. Two out and nobody on in the last half of the first inning. The next pitch, ball two inside. Ball two, no strikes. After watching Johnny Antonelli work the other day, especially pitching to Doby and work, we have a suspicion that Leo DeRocha has told Little, stay away from the curveball when you pitch to these two boys. Works and Doby, two left-hand batters. The next pitch is a strike to the outside corner. Ball two and strike one. Coaching at third base for the Indians. Number 44, Tony Cuccinello. At first base, the coacher is Red Crest, number 42. Two outs for the Indians in the last half of the first inning. A count to the batter. Ball two and strike one. Next pitch, he swings and he misses. Strike two. 
On deck is Al Rosen, the Indians' third baseman, back in the lineup. A beautiful day for baseball here in Cleveland. Skies are clear. Turn to count. Here's the windup. The next pitcher swinging a miss. He struck him out on a curveball. Kelby goes down swinging. And there is the first strikeout for Little. And that is the fourth time the Doby has struck out in the World Series. For the Indians, no runs, no hits, nothing across. And at the end of the first inning, the score, New York Giants, nothing, the Cleveland Indians, nothing. You know, the New York Giants won the National League flag, but Walt Alston, the freshman manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, certainly gave the Giants a battle for first place. And you should see Walt's beard. It's a mean one. But he says, shaving isn't hard at all, and it's always refreshing with the one-piece Gillette razor. Walt Alston is mighty particular about the way he looks. Like everyone else, he wants quick, comfortable shaves. Why don't you try this convenient, easy shaving razor? It'll give you a slick-looking shave that'll last and last. Well, the first inning completed. No score for either team. One hit thus far. That by Don Mueller. Coming up in the first half of the second inning for the Giants is number 16, Hank Thompson. He's batting 333 in the series with three hits. Mr. Henry, as the ball players themselves call him. He was the fellow that worked in 43 double plays back in 1950, equaling a record set by the famous Ty Trainer. That record had stood for some 25 years. Henry Thompson, left-hand batter. Lemon, into the wind-up. The first pitch is ball one outside and low. When talking with many of the Indians this morning, they are disappointed that they are showing thus far against the Giants, but still in there to give it a battle all the way. Lemon pitches ball two inside with a curveball. Ball two and no strikes. The outfield pulled around toward right. Westlake deep and straight away back to the edge of the track. Doby well over in right center. Nothing to nothing ball game. The two and nothing pitch. Thompson takes. Coaching down at first base, number six. That's Freddie Fitzsimmons. At third base, Herman Frank. The two one pitch to Thompson is. Ball four of the three-one pitch. Excuse me. Ball four. Thompson takes a walk. And Thompson now has five bases on balls in the World Series. The next batter, number 20, Monty Irvin. Right-hand batter. Left fielder still looking for his first hit in the series. Takes a strike, a fastball right in there. Runner on first, Hank Thompson with nobody out. 
You walk to Thompson, the first of the game. Here's the stretch. The pitch is ball one, outside and low. A curveball that almost got away from catcher Jim Hegan. Monty Irvin, one of baseball's real steady ball players. Day in and day out, he gives you that same fine performance. An all-star athlete from New Jersey, Orange High School. The one-in-one pitch is one of the best. A line drive, a vicious hit into left center. Going for extra bases. Here's Thompson racing around second. He's coming to third. And Irvin goes for two. He's in there with a double. The Giants have runners on second and third with nobody out. Monty Irvin coming through with his first base hit of the season, the series. You always want to say season when you're thinking about the series. So that base on balls to Thompson has Lemon in trouble. As Irvin followed with a double. Runners on second and third. With nobody out in the batter is Davey Williams. The Indian infield now closes in. They'll try to cut this run off at the plate. Williams is hitless in the series. Right-hand batter. Swings on the first pitch. A line drive is hit to Wirtz. Wirtz throws to Denny. And the throw goes into left field. Denny did not get back to second. And Thompson comes on to score. Irvin moves to third. There's an error charged to Vic Wirtz. Oh, that was a rough break for Bob Lemon. Williams lined to Wirtz. Denny could not get back to second in time to cover on Irvin. Wirtz attempted to throw anyway and threw badly into left field. So Thompson scores, and the Giants lead one to nothing. One out, the batter is West Westrom. The infield is still in, one out. Westrom has three hits in the series for a 300 average. Lemon works into the windup. First pitch is swung on the best of fly ball out into right field. Westlake moves in under it now. The runner tags up. There's the catch. Westlake drops the ball. And the runner comes on to score. And I believe Weston is going to be called safe at first. On an error. Now Lopez comes out of the Indian dugout. Umpire Charlie Burry. Back at second base. Motion safe. On the ball hit by Westrom. In other words, he is stating that Westlake did not have complete control of the ball. He got the ball in his glove all right, but in shifting from the gloved hand to the throwing hand, he let the ball drop to the ground. And that is an error on Wally Westlake, the right fielder. The Indian's second error in this inning. And the Giants lead by a score of two to nothing. Weston is on first as a result of the error. Actually, it turns out to be a rough break on Weston as far as getting credit for a run batted in is concerned. The error takes away the RBI. Unless the official scorer would want to make a ruling in that particular case. An error takes away the RBI. We'll check with the official score now to see whether Weston is given a sacrifice fly.
Well, the score is New York 2, Cleveland nothing. First half of the second inning, only one out. Weston is on first base. That is a ruling based on umpire's judgment. You must have complete control of a ball, even though you just catch it. It's like he's playing old can of corn in any ball game. In shifting from the gloved hand to the throwing hand, you must control it at all times and get that throw away. The batter is Don Little, the pitcher. Weston on first, two runs are home. Now the outfield, moving around toward left. Two very costly errors have allowed two giant runs to score. Weston takes the lead off first. Little is the left-hander all the way. Left-hand batter cuts over the plate. First pitch to him. He tries the bunt and fouls it off to the left of the plate out of play. Strike one. Batter on deck is Whitey Lockman. Strike one to count. Rosen, the third baseman for the Indians, moves in right near the infield grass in case of a bunt try. Here's the stretch. The next pitch is strike two calls. Little had the bat out there for the bunt, but pulled it back. Takes strike two. On to the count. Wears the cap very jauntily on his head. Reminds a little bit of the Yankees. Famous Whitey Ford. Strike two count. Weston ready to travel from first. One out. The pitch is ball one high and inside. Ball one and strike two. The score is New York two, Cleveland nothing. Left out of the infield in close. The next pitch is ball two, over but low, and the count is even, two and two. Little stepped out, now looks down to his coach at third base, Herman Frank. Lemon juggles the ball in the glove. Wirtz is holding against the runner, Weston at first base. Two and two counts. Fourth game of the 54 World Series. The Giants lead 3 to nothing in the series. The next pick, ball three outside. Full count of three and two on the batter. Had two strikes on him. Now Little has worked it to the full count. Let's watch Weston at first base. He may be moving, but with caution, the count three and two and the pitcher up. One out. The next pitch is strike three called right in there, and he struck him out. Little is called it on strike. Westrom holding at first base, very wisely so, against that very thing. That's the second strikeout for Lemon, both on a call, third strike. That brings up number 25, Whitey Lockman. Lockman, a left-hand batter, was called out on strikes in the first inning. The Giants lead two to nothing. Lemon's first pitch to Lockman is ball one outside and low. The outfield now playing straight away. Fine bleacher crowd today with the sun out, nice and warm, and a lot of folks in the area back of the fence, between the bleachers and the fence. Lemon checks the runner. The pitch is a strike knee high to the outside corner. 
Ball one and strike one to count. Bob Lemon, the Indian base right-hander from Long Beach, California. Here's the stretch. The pitch is inside and low. Ball two, turn one to count. On deck is the ever-dangerous Alvin Dobbs. Pepper in the Indian infield, Al Rosen, Sam Denny, Bobby Avila shouting in for the pitcher. A walk and a double, that lemon in trouble, two hours didn't help. The next pitch, ball three, over but low, and the count is three and one. Ball three, strike one. West Western is the runner at first. Now Wirtz moves away from the bag. The 3-1 pitch, the runner's on the go, swinging a miss, a throw to second. Then he takes it and slaps it on the runner, he's out. The hit and run was on, and Westrom is out. At second base, he's in to Denti, 2-6. The Lockman will get another chance in the third inning. In the second, now for New York, mark up two runs. They had one hit with one walk. Two Indian errors, very costly, and nobody left. Going into the last half of the second inning, the score is New York 2, Cleveland nothing. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. We spend a time of effort to make sure your Gillette aligns the blade exactly right. So fast, like change you'll get. It's mighty sturdy, made to last. But if you dropped it, brother, and spoiled the blade alignment, then it's time to get another two. Every time you can get with it free, the handy vest pocket Gillette World Series record book. We're heading into the last half of the second inning. A nice big hand for Al Rosen as he steps up. He's leading off for the Indians. Right-hand batter. He's out of yesterday's game with that bad leg. Here's the wind-up in the first pitch to end his eight-track call. Inside corner, waist high. Rosen has two hits in the series. The first two games, he did not play in number three. Batting average, 250. The Giants lead in this game by a score of two to nothing. They lead in the World Series three games to nothing, and a victory for them today would close the book on this year's classic. The Indians hope, of course, to prevent that. The next pitch, Rosen swings the ground ball over the pitch's head, out of the second base, knocked down by Williams. Here's a throw to first, and in time on a beautiful play. Rosen is out. Fine play by Davey Williams, who had Rosen pegged perfectly. He's playing him over close toward second. One out. That brings up Vic Wirtz, number 23, Indian first baseman. He has a batting average of 500 for the season. 
In the series thus far, he has six hits. 500 batting average. Six out of 12. Big left-hand batter. Swings on the first pitch and fouls it back into the upper deck out of play. Strike one. The outfielders are pulled around toward right for work. The Giants coming up with two runs in their half of the second inning. The lead to the nothing. Little's next pitch. Ball one high and inside. One and one to count. That foul off the bat of Vic Wood. Back into the upper deck here. Hank Greenberg, the general manager of the Indians, tried for it. Up to charge him an hour, I guess. The one and one pitch to work. says ball two inside with a curve that failed him. Ball two and strike one. Out of the infield, playing deep, back to the edge of the outfield grass is Davy Williams, the second baseman. Deep along the line, at first is Whitey Lockman. The two-one pitch is ball three, over but high. Try to get him with a fastball. Three and one. Don Little, wearing number thirty-seven. He's a picture pitcher. Fellow you like to watch. Very smooth delivery. Good follow through. Checks back to his outfielders now. Checking the position to count three and one. Works may be gunning and he knows it. One out and nobody on. Here's the windup. The pitch and Works attempts to pull away from it. Fouls it down the third baseline. And the count is three and two. Ball was fielded by Tony Cucinello. Going back into play. Works failed to get the bat back. As he started his swing, checked it, but still fouled it off. The Indians still looking for their first hit. Little has retired the first four men in a row, striking out Doby for his first strike out of the game. Three and two to count. On deck is Wally Westlake. The payoff pitch and works is, I believe the ball hit his bat, but it rolled foul. Yep, it hit the handle of his bat. Umpire Stevens. Very alert on that play. Very much alert. Now Wirtz is saying to the umpire that the ball hit his fist. Umpire Stevens is probably not arguing against the fact that the ball hit him. What he is claiming, and from the crack of the ball on the bat, you have to say that Stevens made a great call on that. You can hear the ball hit the bat, and it's quite possible the ball hit Wirtz afterwards. It must hit you first. But there's the type of play that will give you some idea of how tough of a job the men in blue have. Uh, Lopez came out to see if Wirtz was all right, so did trainer Wally Box. Back in position. One out, nobody on. The 3-2 pitch. Wirtz swings and hits the fly ball out into short left field. Coming over fast with Marty Evans. He can't get it and drops on the line. Foul. Just outside the right cross ball. 
Umpire Larry Knapp, right out there on top of that play as the ball hits. Foul by Itches, and Wirtz now must again come back to the plate. Well, the fans are getting a big thrill out of it, and that's baseball. half of the second inning. The Giants lead by a score of two to nothing. One out. Works the batter with a count three and two. An exciting time at bat, that's for sure. Now the fans calling for Wirtz to come through. Little Texas sign into the windup. The big pitch. Swung on the base, a line drive out into right center for a long base hit. Going all the way to the fence. Wirtz makes the turn at first. He's going for two. The two outfielders run together. Wirtz comes in at second with a stand-up double. And there stands is one of the greatest examples of the basis of all baseballs. A never-ending battle between pitcher and batter. And works one with a long double into right center. The score is New York 2, Cleveland nothing. That's the seventh series hit for this work. There's two doubles, one triple, and one home run among his seven hits. He's on second with one out, and the batter is Wally Westlake. Westlake has one hit, played in one game. Swings on the first pitch at the ground ball to the shortstop. Big hop taken by Dark, the throw to first, and Westlake is out. Westlake grounding out, short to first, 6 3. That brings up number 36, Sam Genting, the shortstop in today's ball game. First game in the series that Denty has started. He has been in two of the games thus far. As a utility player, after Strickland was lifted for a pinch hitter. He's a right-hand batter, has no average. Takes ball one low into the dirt. Good stop by West Western, the giant catcher. Blocked the ball with his chest. Two out here in the last half of the second inning. The Giants lead by a score of two to nothing. Works is on second. He has the first Indian hit of the game. Outfield is a shallow. Little is ready. Takes back to the runner. The pitch to Denty. A strike to the outside corner. One and one to count. Right now, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGN, your exclusive world tourist station, Chicago. All set for the next pitch is strike two call. The curveball breaking over at the knees. The count now is ball one and strike two. Umpire Stevens to take the heat off. Dusting off home plate. <laughs> Debbie. Slapping home plate with the heavy end of the bat. Flashes it around as he steps back in. Lad from New Jersey, fine utility ball player. 
Red Glove Man. Runner on second. The next pitch is fouled into the stands. Off to the right of the plate, and the count remains. Ball one and strike two. With two out. As the Indians come up with their first bit of excitement in the ball game, a runner on second. There are two outs. Then to the batters. The Giants scoring two runs. Lead by that score two to nothing. On deck, hoping for a chance to come up is Jim Hegan. Little checks to the runner. The pitch is low into the dirt and gets away from Weston. Rolls off to the left of the plate. Which moves to third. Weston recovers the ball and it's a wild pitch. Charge to Don Little. Boy, the pitchers are really uncrocking some wild throws in this game and in others of the 1954 World Series. Always get you to thinking about records, but of course, when you talk about records, just have your handy Gillette World Series record book with you, and you'll never be lost. Both Lemon and Wynn came up with wild pitches. The count is two and two. Works now is one base closer to home. Two out. The two-two pitch. Then he swings and hits the fly ball into right center. Willie May is going back. Under he pulls it down and makes the catch. Then he slides to Mays in center. The side is retired. Mays, evidently not realizing there were two out, turned and quickly threw into the infield. For the Indians in the second, no runs, one hit. One man left. And at the end of two, the score is New York two, Cleveland nothing. The fourth game of the 1954 World Series, and Al, from the way things have started here in these first two innings, we could have a little bit of excitement. We certainly could, particularly with the New York Giants having uh, the door open for them in the second inning by Paraveras. After all, uh, if it should be as tight from here on as it has been loose on the uh, defense up until now, we can have a ball game that would uh, cook along the next innings this afternoon, Jimmy. You mean part of one of those wild scoring jobs, huh? Yes, sir. I'm looking for it, aren't you? Well, there's nothing the fans like better than a wide-open ball game. And we certainly hope that you folks all around the world, the minute two, for our men and women overseas are enjoying our play-by-play over mutual. And the rest of the stations all over the world bringing you the account of the 1954 World Series. First from the Polo Grounds in New York, now here at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland on the shores of Lake Erie. In two innings, the Giants have two runs. They've made two hits. No errors. The Indians have no runs. One hit. And they have made two errors. And now the first of the third. Moving into the batter's box is number 25, Whitey Lockman. He was up when Weston was out at second. The hit and run was called, but Lockman missed the foot. Weston was out easily. He to Denton. So Lemon served in five pitches in the second inning. First and turn here in the third is ball one, too low. Ball on the count. Rockman was called out on strikes in the first inning. Here's the windup. 
The next pitch is one, and the line drive is hit. Foul down the left field line. Landing on the track. Rolling into the giant bullpen. Four umpires around the infield. Two on the foul line. Larry Neff. Beside the left field foul line. Way down the right field foul line is Ron Warnicke. Simmons. Is ready? The one in one pitch is fouled into the dirt. Rolls back to the screen. The count is ball one and strike two. One and two counts. The Giants, of course, looking for that fourth victory that would wrap up the World Series for this year. Bob Lemon, Indian right hander, versus Don Little. The giant left-hander. Coming okay is the time. The count is one and two. The pitch is swung on the ground ball to the right side of the infield. Wirtz moves over to cover. Throws to Lemon at first base, and Lockman is out. Lockman grounding out. First baseman to pitcher. 3-1. Wirtz to Lemon. Every manager would like to have a Bob Lemon on the mound in every ball game. Lemon is not only a pitcher. He is that fifth infielder. He knows how to come off the hill to cover it first. Cover either left or right on the bunt. For those with the batters top into the dirt. Can get you into a lot of trouble if you can't field your position. First pitch to Doc. He swings and hits the line drive into left field. A base hit. Hanging the old clothesline out there with a sharp single. Doc has his fifth hit of the World Series. On first. With one out, and the batter is Don Mueller. Mueller dropped a single into left center in the first inning with two out. They call them pop fly singles, the bargain basement singles, but they all count just as big as the others. Mueller is a left-hand batter, one of the real pros of the game. Runner on first, Alvin Dahl. One out. First pitch to Mueller. Ball one inside. Too close to the batter. Giant players. A lot of the writers around the league. Call this boy Don Mueller. Mandrake the magician. He's a magician with that bat most of the time. Runner up to Mays for the batting crown. Clings on the next pitch and lines one into right field. A base hit. Doc makes the turn at second. He's going to third. Westlake's throw coming into the infield. He fumbled the ball just briefly, but Doc is in a third easily. Runners on first and third, and only one out. The score is New York 2, Cleveland nothing. So Mueller now has his second hit. A single this time into right. That is the fourth hit for the Giants. They really had their hitting clothes on in this third. Going into today's game, the Giants as a team were batting 232 as compared to the Indians' average of 196 for the three games of the World Series. Willie Mays, right-hand batter, is up. Takes ball on outside and low. Activity in the Indian bullpen. Number 16, Hal Newhouse is warming up. 
Westlake fumbled that ball just briefly in right field, but it had no bearing on the play. One out. Next pitch. Ball two outside. Another curve. Mays is refusing. And this is the different Mays. Spring training, the first part of the year, he was going for a lot of bad pitches, but no more. Ball to no strikes. Batter on deck is Henry Thompson. Now Lemon comes up with a stretch. The pitch is a strike, a curveball, broken there softly. Mays started for it, but changed his mind. Doc on third, and Mueller is on first. With only one out in the first half of the third inning. Outfielders are deep and around toward left for Willie Mays, number 24. The 2-1 pitch, he swings and bounces one over the third baseman's head, rolling down the line. A one-run scores. Here is Mueller racing around second, going for third, and Mays goes for two. In there, standing up with a double. A two-base hit, and the score is New York three, Cleveland nothing. He bounced one off the plate and bounced it over the third baseman's head, with for two bases. That's his fourth hit of the series, the third this inning for the Giants and the fifth of the game. With only one out here in the first of the third. Mueller on third, and Mays is on second. They're going to put Henry Thompson on, an intentional pass for the giant third baseman, who walked his last time up. This will load the bases and, of course, make possible the fourth play at any base. Run batted in for Willie Mays. There's ball three. Monty Irvin is on deck. There's ball four to Thompson, and the bases are loaded. An intentional pass, and Irvin is going to do his own hitting here. The Giants lead three to nothing. Irvin was looking back toward the dugout, and I have a suspicion that a lot of the fans were expecting to see Mr. Dusty Rhodes come out. But manager Leo DeRosa expressing confidence in his regular left fielder. Irvin got off to a fine start the first part of the season, but slumped a little bit. First pitch to him is going inside a fastball. He doubles hard into left center the first time up. One out, the bases are loaded. Lemon works into the wind up, the pitch just swinging a miss to strike one. One and one to count. Outfield playing. Just about straight away, Dolby is pulled off center toward left. The shade. Right side of the infield. Midway in on the thin part of the infield. Hoping, of course, for the double play. Mueller on third. Mays on second. Thompson on first. The pitch is ball two outside. Doing one to count. The Giants lead by a score of three to nothing. Batter on deck is Davey Williams. Lemon tugging at his cap. Text on the sign. The count two and one. Here's the pitch. Fouled back into the stands. Off to the right of the plate, and the count is even up. Ball two and strike two. 
Lane Arleski, right-hander, rookie right-hander, fastball artist, starts warming up. Alongside Hal Newhouser, the veteran left-hander. They've seen a lot of service in World Series play as a member of the Detroit Tigers. Here's the wind-up. The runners move off. The 2-2 pitch. And it's fouled into the dirt. Rolls back of the plate. The bat goes out to the shortstop position. <laughs> bat slipped out of Irvin's hands. Went flying to the left side of the infield. So the count is still ball two and strike two. Herman Frank coaching at third base, shouting down to Monty Irvin. New ball is tossed into play. Lemon in a tough spot, working very carefully. Mueller is on third, Mays on second. Thompson on first, but only one out. The count is ball two and strike two. Ready on the sign. The wind-up and the 2-2 pitch. Fouled back to the press box. Fine catch by one of the television cameramen who has a glove, a baseball glove today. There's a fella that really came prepared. and The next pitch is ball three inside. Lemon tried to get that inside corner. Three and two. It was mighty close. And the string is out. Now Monty Irvin backs out of there. It's a tense moment in the ball game for the fans. And one for the batter. The base runners. One out, and they will be moving. Here's the wind-up. And the big pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Got him on a curveball. And that was the famed lemon slider. They're two gone. Third strikeout for Bob Lemon. And that one, a mighty important one. Still a rough little customer. Davy Williams stepping in. The blonde kid from Texas, out of Dallas, right-hand batter. Takes ball one, a curveball over but low. Williams lined to the first baseman, Vic Wirtz, his first time up. The very slick little fielder, this Davy Williams. $65,000 purchase from Atlanta. Swings on the next pitch. A ground ball is hit to Rose, and he takes it. Races to the bag ahead of Willie Mays for the out that retires the side. And Bob Lemon pulls out of it as Williams hits into a force play, forcing Mays at third, Rosen unassisted. And for the Giants in the third inning, one run on a total of three hits. They came in succession. There was one walk, no errors, and three men left on the bases. Going into the last half of the third inning, the score is New York three, Cleveland nothing. Hey, would you like to hear from one of the greatest ball hawks going? Well, here's right fielder Jimmy Pearsall of the Boston Red Sox, whose spectacular leaping catches really leaves them gasping. 
Hey, what brings you to Cleveland, Jim? I'm a reporter, Jimmy, covering a series for a Boston newspaper. A reporter? Well, man, I've got news for you. You know, Boston is home base for Gillette. You can report Gillette razors are selling like crazy. And most of these fine-looking young guys playing out here today use them, too. That's no news to me, Jimmy. Most big leaguers go for Gillette shaves. Fast, they're clean, and they sure give you a swell lift. Thanks a lot, Jim. Say, how about giving that new Gillette Super Speed Razor a try, men? It's all in one piece for easy blade changing. It costs you only a dollar, and the Gillette World Series record book is attached free. Going into the last half of the third inning, it was a real pleasure visiting with Jim Pearsall, that fine ball hawk from up there in Boston. That old Fenway Park was the scene of a lot of fine ball games this year. Jim Hegan leading off. The Indians now will try to get back in this ball game, trailing three to nothing. Hegan, then the pitcher, and back to the top of the batting order. First pitch to Hegan, his ball went outside and low. The pitching performance by Lemon will give you some idea of why the experts call him one of the game's great competitors. There's ball two inside. Ball two, no strikes on Jim Hegan. Little has struck out one man, given up only one hit, a double to Vic Wirtz. Has yet to walk a batter. The count ball to no strikes. The outfielders are around toward left. There's ball three, high and outside. Shade, the count is three and nothing. A few more standees have come in since the game started. There'll be a bigger crowd than yesterday. Certainly gives you a great thrill to sit in with a big crowd watching a ball game. The players get a big boot out of it, too. They like to play before the big houses. Here's the wind-up. The three-and-nothing pitch is a strike. Got a high right in there. It's for sure this boy, Don Little, will not go too long without getting one in for a strike. Three-and-one the count. Hegan. Takes ball four outside. A base on balls. First walk given up by Little, and Hegan becomes the second Indian base runner of the game. That brings up Bob Lemon. Henry Thompson, the giant third baseman, and to talk with the pitcher, Don Little. Help him to settle down. Little, of course, knows he's facing a tough aggregation of ball players. A team that won 111 games to set a new American League record. Lemon, left-hand batter. Takes ball one outside with a curve. Lemon, through the years, has proved himself a pretty good hitting pitcher. The Giants lead three to nothing. Hegan leads off. Nobody out. The pitch is a strike. Fastball, let him high to the inside corner. He'll take a bit off his fastball occasionally. One and one the count. Batter on deck is Al Smith, the leadoff man. Thompson, the third baseman, still expecting the bunt, is in on the grass. Next pitch is strike two. Knee high. Count is ball one and strike two.
outfielders are straight away. Egan started it off with a walk. Little checks his sign. Here's the stretch. A look to the runner at first. And the pitch is swung on and popped up to the left side of the infield. Alvin Dodd takes charge. He's under this one now, and he has it. Route number one. One away. That brings up the leadoff batter, Al Smith, number 32. First time up with a count three and two, he pops to the second baseman, Davey Williams. Now the outfielders moving around toward left, deep in all fields. Big hole open out in right center. First pitch, strike call, let her high. There was a fastball working to the outside corner. Strike one. Bobby Avila moves into the on-deck circle. Off to the right of the plate. Whitey Lockman holding at first base against Jim Hegan with the right-hand batter up. Next pitch is swung, and a ground ball is to the third baseman, and nice stop by Thompson. The throw to second, one away, back to first is a double play. Around the horn, Hank Thompson moving to his left to spear that ball as it was heading into left field. Forced Hegan with a throw to Williams. Williams' throw to first was in time for the double play. While the Indians in the third, no runs, no hits, nothing across. At the end of three, the score is New York three, Cleveland nothing. Be sharp and listen, listen. How are you faithful play? Do you have fading? How are you faithful play? You better check. Please make sure you have enough. Cause a worn out play makes shaven mighty tough. How are you faithful play? has come up with some great plays in this series. He's played great baseball at third, taking care of some rough chances. And there was a ball that would have gone by many third basemen in the majors into left field. He stayed with it, caught it in the weapon of his glove. Rifled his throw over to second. Back to first, it was a double play. Now Lemon out taking his warm-up throws and the first man up. For the Giants in the fourth inning will be Wes Westrom, the Giant catcher. Tony Cuccinello is taking Lemon's warm-up throws. Al Rosen, the third baseman, moves out on the grass right back to the pitcher, talking to his infielders. Denty, Avila, and Wirtz. Now here comes the Indian catcher, Jim Hegan, out. Takes a little time to get all that gear on. The shin guards, the mask, and the chest protector. Once around the infield and back to the pitcher on the mound with the ball, and it's Wes Westrom leading off, number nine. Westrom is having a fine World Series for himself. Two RBIs, three hits, takes a strike, a curveball breaking to the outside corner. He was safe at first on an error, charged to the right fielder, 
Wally Westlake in the second inning. And a run batted in. Next pitch is fouled back into the upper deck. Landing in the press box. And the count is strike two. 0 and 2 on the batter. In case some of you are still wondering about it, the official ruling on the fly ball by Westrom in the second inning was a sacrifice fly and then an error charged to the right fielder, Westlake, who had the ball but dropped it. Next pitch is wide of the plate, gets away from the catcher, back to the screen. Ball one and strike two. The Giants have a total of five hits, as against only one for the Indians. The Giants have three runs. An all-important baseball commodity. Outfielders are round toward left. The one and two pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Westrom goes down swinging. Fourth strikeout for Bob Lemon. And coming up is the pitcher, Don Little. While we're waiting for him, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. WGN, your exclusive World Series station in Chicago. Number 37, Don Little, stepping into the batter's box. He was called out on strikes in the second inning. Lemon's first pitch, ball one, over but too low. Ball on the count. The fourth game of the 1954 World Series being played here at Cleveland. Next pitch to Little, he swings and hits it foul into the dirt. Hit him on the foot, in fact. He reaches down to the instep, trying to shake it off. Those little old foul tips can really hurt you. Count is even, ball one and strike one. One out and nobody on right now. Lead off that of Whitey Lockman, swinging the bat in the on-deck circle. Lemon chewing that gum a mile a minute. Comes on with the next pitch, a strike call. Better high, little step back from it. Ball one and strike two. Here's the windup. The next pitch, just swinging a miss. He struck him out. Little goes down swinging. A total of five strikeouts for the Indian right-hander. And it brings up Whitey Lockman, who was a strikeout victim in the first inning. In the third inning, he grounded out to the first baseman, Vic Wirt. Larry Doby pulled off center toward right. Wally Westlake is deep and straight away. Someone okays the sign. The first pitch to Lockman. A strike it is to the outside corner way tie. Strike one in the count. Whitey Lockman still makes his home down in Charlotte, his native North Carolina. Next pitch. A line drive right back to Lemon. He knocks it down, picks it up. Here's the throw to first in time. A fine recovery. Hoffman is out. Pitcher to first. One three. Boy, that's one of those line drives. You throw up your glove and say a little prayer 
The Giants go down in the fourth inning. No runs, no hits, nothing across. And going into the last half of the fourth inning, the score is New York 3, Cleveland nothing. I know plenty of you men swear by Gillette's three-piece razor. And more power to you. Sure, you're getting slick shaves, but here's news for you. Today's Gillette Super Speed Razor gives you all that and then some. It's made in one piece, so you don't take it apart and put it together again when changing blades. All you do is twist the handle, hook on a blade, and twist again. Blade changing is that easy, and a quick rinse cleans the razor for your next shave. Then you get this wonderfully convenient razor for just one dollar. We've been telling you about the new enlarged Gillette World Series record book, too. Well, it's attached and it's free. Better tie down your copy before the fast-moving supply is all gone. Last half of the fourth inning, and Don Little has finished his warm-up throws, ready to pitch to Bobby Avila, Indian second baseman. There's a more exciting atmosphere here at the ballpark in Cleveland today. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's the fans calling for the underdogs, hoping to help the Indians to that first victory that will carry the series into more games. The Giants lead three games to nothing and are ahead in this fourth game. The score right now, three to nothing. First pitch to Avila is a strike. Right in there at the knees with a curveball. Watching this little left-hander, you know now why they call him the boy with ten-point control. Here's the wind-up. Next pitch. Ball one, over but low. One and one to count. Avila laced into a pitch in the first inning, but lined it right to the second baseman, Davey Williams. Irvin, the left fielder, is deep and straight away. The one-and-one one pitch is swung on and popped up. Back of second base, Alvin Dark moving back onto the grass. It's under it, and he has it. Out number one. Sort of looks like that jinx we've been talking about so often is following Bobby Avila. Many batting champions have found it very rough when they did get into a World Series. And certainly Avila is. He's had only two hits. Got one the first time up. He's had rough going since then. Larry Doby, the next batter. Left-hand batter takes ball one outside. A curveball breaking away from him. Doby struck out his first time up in the first inning. Little's only strikeout thus far. Last to the fourth. One out and nobody on. Next pitch. Doby pulls it foul off to the right. Ball one and strike one. Even count. Little has been in no trouble thus far. The Indians open the third with a base on balls, but after them and it popped out, Smith hit into a double play. Wirtz doubled in the second inning for the only hit off the giant left-hander. The one-and-one one pitch. Doby swings and it's a ground ball to the right side of the infield. Williams scoots over up with it. The throw to first and Doby is out. Doby grounding out. Williams to Lockman. 4-3. You know, whether this series goes past four games is still anybody's guess. But you know something? Back in 1887, under different rules, the series lasted 15 games, believe it or not. You've got this and a raft of other dope in the Gillette World Series record book. Right-handed for you. 
Al Rosen steps in with two outs. Nobody on. He takes ball one high and outside. Last half of the fourth inning. The score is New York three, Cleveland nothing. Outfielders deep and around toward left. Next pitch is thrown on. A fly ball hit foul down the right field line. It'll be in the stands, but out of play. One and one to count. It's a long strike. Batter on deck is Vic Wirtz, possessor of the only hit off Don Little. Rosen looking for hit number three in this series. Here's the pitch. He swings, foul tips it into the catcher's glove for strike two. Ball one, strike two to count. Willie Mays, playing over in left center. Monty Irvin back to the edge of the track, straight away in left. Little rocks into the windup. The one and two pitch is ball two. Missed by half. Two-two counts. Rosen steps back into the batter's box. He uses the closed stance, front foot up close to the plate. Then strides forward into the pitch. Here it is. Swung on. A ground ball. A grass cutter. Hit to the shortstop. Donk is up with it. The throw to first in time. Rosen is out. And the Indians bite the dust. One, two, three. No runs, no hits. And so at the end of four innings, the score. The Giants have three runs on five hits. No errors. The Indians, no runs, one hit, and two errors. You know, folks, it may surprise you to know that every 20 seconds, there's a fire somewhere in this great nation of ours. Every year, fires kill over 12,000 people and cause $800 million of property damage. Now, to help prevent a fire in your home, why don't you try to observe these four rules? Number one, don't smoke in bed or discard lighted cigarettes or matches carelessly. Number two, clean out all newspapers, mattresses, broken furniture, and other flammable materials. Number three, promptly repair defective electrical equipment. Replace worn or frayed wiring. Number four, use cleaning fluids that won't burn. In other words, don't gamble with fire. The odds are against you. Bit of excitement down to our left here. Some of the folks peering into the giant dugout trying to get a look at the boys. And, of course, folks wanting to see what notables are around them, and there are a lot of them here. From everywhere. Movie stars, stars of radio and television. Notables in public life. Not on the field, the two championship teams. Champions of the National League, the New York Giants. Champions of the American League, the Cleveland Indians. The fourth game, the Giants take in the first three games. This one, they could lock it up. They lead by a score of three to nothing. And Bob Lemon is ready to work now as Alvin Dock steps into the batter's box. Dock has one out of two in this game. Fouls the first pitch back into the screen, strike one. The so Dock is doing all right. He now has five hits in the 54 World Series. 
This is his 16th World Series game. Next pitch is too low. Ball one. One and one. The count is even up. Giants got two in the second. Loose Indian play. Added one in the third to lead three to nothing. Next pitch. Dog swings. Hits a fly ball. Going out into left center. It's going to drop in there for a base hit. A single for Alvin Dark as he dropped one into left center. Those are the ones the boys kid you about in the clubhouse. Tell them, say, what are you hitting with? A bamboo stick? Banjo? Red Crescent's favorite expression. What are you batting with? What are you hitting with? Sporting news? <laughs> Don Mueller is up, a left-hand batter with a runner on first. Nobody out. A pitch out called for, but Doc is holding it first. Two pitchers again warming up in the Indian bullpen. Left-hander Hal Newhouser. Right-hander Ray Norleski. Outfield straight away for Mueller. He has two for two. Lemon checks the runner. The pitch is swung, and there's a line drive. Hit into right field for a base hit. Doc races to second, makes the turn. Westlake is up with the ball. The throw over the third is cut off by Denny. Mueller holding it first. There's that man, Mueller, coming through with his third straight hit. The Giants now have a total of seven. Now, this was the setup we had in the third inning. Doc singled into left. Mueller. Moved into third with a single into right. Nobody out, and the batter is Willie Mays. In the third inning, they did have one out. Mays doubled his last time up. Infield back in normal position. Mueller leads off first. Doc on third. The pitch to Mays is ball one outside and low. Mueller now has seven hits in the series. That ties him with Rick Work. Here's the stretch by Lemon. The pitch is too low for ball two. Doing no count. Three straight hits, so that's a fine performance. Last two have been sharp singles into right field. Hitting behind that runner, moving away from first. Outfielders around to left, deep in all fields for Mays, and he can hit the all fields. The two-nothing pitch, fouled off into the stands back of first. He was trying to hit the right field. He moved up on the pitch. The count is now two and one. Ball two, strike one the count. Seven hits for the Giants as against one for the Indians. The Giants have hit safely in every inning except the fourth. Lemon retired them in order. That's the only time that he has been able to do it. Giants had three hits in the third inning. We had, we had a like situation. That's what we have now. The 2 1 pitch fouled back to the screen. Ball two and strike two. Mays in the first inning fouled out to the first baseman, Wood. But in the third, he bounced a double over Rosen's head. 
Down the left field corner. Right now, he's trying for a base hit. Or a fly ball, sacrifice fly that would bring a run home. Rock on third. Mueller on first. Rock in yesterday's game showed us a brilliant bit of base running. And he was trapped between third and home, allowing runners to move up to second and third before he was tagged out. The 2-2 pitch is low into the dirt. Good stop by Jim Hegan to avoid trouble. And the string is out. Full count of three and two. Clemens tosses the ball into the umpire who wants to look it over. Umpire John Stevens. Of the American League umpiring staff. Along with the other American League umpires under Cal Hubbard. All season long, do that great job of calling 154 games. Or in the case of the Indians, 156, they played two tie games. The count's three and two. Here's the truck. Lemon checks to the runner at first. The pitch fouled back into the stand. Count remains three and two. This is the first of the fifth. For the Giants leading by a score of three to nothing. They scrambled for the first two games in New York, won yesterday's game easily, and came out struggling in this one. Time is called. A ball gets away from Bill Roby, Indian catching coach, who is working with Ray Narlesky down in the bullpen. Roby has been with the Indians for 25 years. He and no harder. Two of the men who have been around the Indian and Cleveland baseball picture for a long time. Doc is on third. He let off with a single. Mueller on first. He singled into right. His third straight hit. Nobody out. Clemens has his sign. There's the pitch. Ball four. Outside and low with the curve. He walked him. And the bases are loaded. Here comes Al Lopez, the manager out of the Indian dugout. Henry Thompson is the batter. And Thompson, now on deck, has walked five times. Three of them were intentional walks, and he has scored five times. The pitcher being called in by Al Lopez is Hal Newhouser. Famed left-hander, formerly with the Detroit Tigers. Being called into the game, the pitch to Henry Thompson. We're talking about Thompson's bases on balls. He has walked six times. The last time up, he got an intentional pass, remember? Well, that is all for Bob Lemon. Leaving the game now. He has worked four innings. Nobody out. Lemon used 74 pitches in working. And a fraction innings, how they get no credit for more than the four innings, and there are none out. The bases are loaded. He gave up a total of seven hits. He walked three men, struck out five, and is allowed three runs and is leaving the bases loaded. But any or all of these men score, they will be charged to him. 
And on the other side of the picture, the giant left-hander, John Little. He hasn't given up a run yet, and only one hit. You know, back in 1905, Christian Matheson put three shutouts in one World Series. Facts like this are at your fingertips in the Gillette World Series record book. Al Neuhauser, left-hander. And the first man to face him will be left-hand batter Henry Thompson. He's walked twice and scored one. The bases are loaded. Neuhauser. Pitches, ball one high and inside. He proved to be a very valuable asset to the Indians in 1954 during the regular season. The third and 26 ball games. He won seven and lost two. Next pitch is a strike with a curve, rather high to the left-hand batter, Henry Thompson. New Hudson, had an earned run average of 2.51. In 1945, he pitched in the World Series as a member of the Detroit Tigers, working three games, won two and lost one. The running one pitch is low into the deck. Good pick up by Jim Hegan. The base is loaded. Nobody out for the Giants in the first half of the fifth inning. The score is New York 3, Cleveland nothing. New ball is tossed into play. Al Helfer will come on to the microphone shortly. We'll remember that 1945 series. He did it. The next book is... Ball three, outside and low, and Newhouse is in a block of trouble. The base is loaded, no place to put this runner unless you want to let one score. That's what will happen if he walks him. Here's the windup. The 2 1 pitch fouled back to the screen. Thompson was swinging on that screen one. Well, the swing is out. Four count of three and two. The clock on third. You're on second and Mays on first. You have to tighten the cap on his head with his glove hand. Here's the windup. The future pitcher falls for a high and side. Failed to break left curve. And it forces in a run. The bases are still loaded. Still nobody out. And the Giants now lead by a score of four to nothing. Run batted in for Thompson and his third walk in today's game. That brings up the right-hand batter, Marty Irvin. First pitch to Irvin is ball one too high. The run scored there by Alvin Bouse is charged against Bob Lemon. Giants lead four to nothing. New has to check the sign. Here's the wind up. And the pitch fouled off to the right of the plate, going back into the stand. One and one the count.
Now we'll have Mueller on third. Mays on second. Thompson on first. Last man on the bases. The next pitch is a strike to the inside corner. Irving pulled out of the way. It is now ball one and strike two. Right on deck is Goldie Williams. Irving has been up twice. A double in the second inning. He struck out in the third. The count ball one and strike two. Raza rocks into the windup. The pitch is high for ball two. Turn two counts. Try to get a fastball in there. The boy in his heyday, he really had a couple of a fastball. He was a pitcher that really blown by about him. All right, the pitcher pitch. Irving swings and wraps one into left field. A base hit. Miller scores. Where's Mays? Racing around third. He comes on to score. The throw by Al Smith into the infield. Traps Thompson at second. And here comes Al Lopez out of the Indian dugout. As two runs come home. A single into left for Monty Irvin. And the Giants lead by a score of six to nothing. Two runs batted in by the Giant left fielder. He started today's game with a zero batting average. Now has two hits and two runs batted in. All three of these runs that have scored are charged to Bob Lemon. So he has given up six runs in the four innings that he worked. The Giants lead is six to nothing, and that is going to be all for Hal Newhouses. Ray Narleski, a right-hander, is being called into the game. Runners on first and second with nobody out. So Newhausen had a brief, brief stay on the mound, looking for just two men. So, here's a no innings, nobody out. We'll have one hit, walk one man. Not was allowed no runs of yet, but either of these two men score, they will be charged to him. Wayne now left you. The hard nosed rookie, right handed, coming on. Hurling him 89 innings during the regular season. Now let's get posted a fine earned run average of 2.22, striking out 52 batters. Taking his warm up throws now. Ray Narleski, like all youngsters, wanted to be a starting pitcher. Down at Indianapolis in the American Association last year, Bertie Cubitt, then manager of that ball club, and Ted Wilk, a pitching coach, also on the roster during the season, past season, worked with him, discussed it, and recommended that he take over release pitching charge. And under their tutelage and encouragement, Narleski, came on to be one of the fine relief artists of the American Association. And no good with the Indians in spring training of this year. Runners are on first and second with nobody out. Three runs are home for the Giants. They lead by a score of six to nothing. First half of the fifth inning. Stepping into the batter's box is Davey Williams. He's all for two. He bunched the first kick foul down the first baseline. Out of play, struck one.
Thompson on second, Monty Irvin on first. Well, Irvin is a much happier boy right now than he was before today's game. With John Hitless in the first three games, listed for a pencil, Luke Burns. Next hook went to Williams, whose ball went inside. He was going to bunt, but got the ball out of the way. He went up down, ball one and struck one. Hegan, never alert, back of the plate, came up ready to throw, but the runners were holding. Thompson on second, Irvin on first. Dalfield is around toward left. Batter on deck is West Weston. Now let's take the stretch. The pitcher has the bunt. Push down the first base line. Works the top of the turn. Spain make a throw. Second the third throws to first, and Williams is out on the sacrifice. Reynolds on second and third. One out. And the batter is Weston. Sacrifice for Williams. He goes out. The official scoring. 3 4. First baseman to second baseman covering the first. The Western now steps into the batter's box. The infield is in tight. First pitch is ball one, two low. Thompson on third. Irvin on second. And an infield in tight. The next pitch is thrown on a fly ball going into shot right center. Westway closing on this one. He's under now the runner third. Tags up. The throw coming in throws the runner and too late is the throw. Irvin moves to third on the turn of the plate as Thompson scores. Sacrifice fly for Weston, his second one today. And his second run brought it in in today's game. Thompson scored the first grand run of the inning. They lead now by a score of seven to nothing. On the throw into the plate by Westlake, Irvin moves to third base. They're two away, and the pitcher Don Little is coming up. The Weston now has three runs batted in this game. Little, left-hand batter, swings and misses, strike one, the first six runs. Three runs in this inning at Price to Lemon and one to New Houses. Next pitch swung on a ground ball to the right side of the infield. A few of the it up with a plenty of time. But throw the throw from Little is out. The fight is retired. Now in the fifth inning for the game. Big Teddy, Jim. Four runs. On a total of three hits. And one man left on the bases. There were two walks in there. And going into the last half of the fifth inning, the score is New York 7, Cleveland nothing. Two men, there's something really special about a saving cream food with today's Deluxe Super Speed Razor. Yes, sir? It's clean, just as clean as a food possibly can be. And looks good for a long time, too. Yes, and it's wonderfully refreshing. Sort of gives you a lift when you're trying to get started in the morning or keep going in the evening. If you're not using this up to the minute, one, two, three, then, man, you're passing up a mighty good thing. You soon bathes in a bushel. A quick wrench cleans it. Well, you save time and you save bother. Be sure to ask for a Deluxe Super Speed Razor with Blue Blade Dispenser and Travel Tools. It's just one dollar. A fact is a free copy of the handy Deluxe World Series record book. 
So you better get yours right away. That supply won't last very long. Going into the last half of the fifth inning here at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium, the Giants lead seven to nothing. And now taking over the microphone to carry on in this ball game, over neutral and stations all over the world is Al Helfer. Al, come on in. All right, Jimmy, from the left. Four and one half inning so far as far as the Cleveland Indians are concerned. New York leading them seven to nothing. Only one hit, having been surrendered here by Don Middle. The left-handed delivers now. The big horse is swung on. There's a high fly ball hitting the straightaway center field. Willie Mays under it makes the catch. And we have out number one in the last half of the number five. And the four one of this comes up to the plate. Let's pause here 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all Americans. WCM Chicago Tribune Station, serving the Middle West. After the plate steps to Mallow West Lake, the big right hand hitter takes the first pitch, fired in there by Little. It's low for ball one. Westlake came up in the second inning, his first time up to the plate today, and grounded the left side, being thrown out by short shot out of the right. Little from that corner in Illinois. Spins the next pitch in there, fastball. Is it the news good for a tall strike? One ball and one strike on Raleigh Westlake. The turtles and closely keeping them up here this afternoon are seven runs, eight hits, no errors for the Giants, and going back to our time. And for the Cleveland Indians, no runs, one hit, and two errors. Just like after the next pitch, cut the high foul ball after the right of the screen, coming back by the spectators and into the crowd. Strike two on Wally. One ball and two strikes. We were talking uh, yesterday about uh, a team that had won three games in the World Series. They'd won three games, they hadn't gone on to lose it. And the several wires had come along to say that uh, that's was first. We'll tell you how it is in a moment. Curve balls, the yellow rest like the swing on it. A high pop up off the first baseline. They're just in foul territory outside of first. The catch is made by first baseman Roddy Lockton. The better now is Sam Gunny, the shortstop of Cleveland. Sam came up in the second inning, goes Willie Mays back in center field to take his long fly ball and big throw next to base low. We said that no team had ever lost three ball games and then uh, come back to win. That's the first three. Well, uh, some of the fans around the country sort of questioned the 1925 World Series played between Washington and Pittsburgh. The first pitch to Denny is the open ball one. But if uh, you go back to the World Series record book, published by Gillette, you'll find it to uh, be true. The first two is coming under them, far back to the track, and kind of one and one. In that World Series, Pittsburgh took the second ball game. Aldridge beating Kovalevsky. That was set. Down comes the pitch. Then he swings on it. He's never had a leaping far ball after the right of the plate. That swings the back into the customer's out of play. Alan Sam Denny's win by a few strikes, two down. Last half of the fifth inning, nobody on for Cleveland, and the score standing New York seven, and Cleveland's nothing. John Little, not a surprise starter, but certainly a surprise to the Indians, where he is sixth here this afternoon. He's given up only one base hit. That's when Victor got a double, as Jimmy Crosby in the second inning hits in the alley in right center field, all the way back to the fence. That's the only base blow off, John Little. The left-handed twist, hits and throws. It curves to Denny, and it stays outside. That's all two. Two balls and two strikes. 
If I remember right, there's a score in that second game of the World Series in 1925. Pittsburgh and Washington was 4-3 in favor of uh, Pittsburgh. The big defense directed books of each time it was all reaching for the Lester. The pitch is swung on by Daniel, the bounding ball off the plate, and first base it goes. There is Little trying to cover at first base, taking the pass from Whitey Luckman, and it's not in time. It's not in time, or did the throw pull to the line? That went on a minute, where it's going to go as an error, our base hit. Waiting for the official throw to get us the verdict. It's going to be an error, but for whom is the error charged? On the throw, or is it charged on the pitcher? It's charged apparently on the throw. It's Charles Gunn, the pitcher. Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. Charles Gunn, the pitcher. So Tom Bunty is the winner at first base. John Little, Sterling to touch first base as he took water up and slow. So we have the first giant error here this afternoon, charged to pitcher Little. Now Little is ready to pitch to Jim Higgin. He dies, and Jim takes a lot of curve off. He does first strike. Jimmy told you earlier in the broadcast, John Little is known as a spot or pin front pitcher, and he does a lot of his pitching low, right down to the knees. Now they start for the pitch. Here he comes, he just wins on it, and races it back a second. There is Davey Willinger, covers the ball, and all hands are safe. He made a nice knock down, but couldn't come up with it. He could not come up with the ball. So the Indians have runners at first and second. And now once again we go to... Mr. McCauley, Mr. Jones, and Mr. Kamenko to see what they've decided on this play. It was a hard smash back at second base. David Williams over, knocked it down, made a nice play of it, and he is being charged with the error as when he tried to pull the ball out of his glove, to make the throw, he dropped it on the infield. So Hank Majewski comes up now to bat for Narlaski. Majewski batting for Narlaski, who went winning here this afternoon. So Majewski comes up to bat. The Indians are trying to make a little hay here while the sun shines on the Municipal Stadium. And here in the last half of this inning, up comes Majewski. Hank Majewski, the bat, for our pitcher, Lillian Arleski. That means we'll have the first pitcher in for the Cleveland Indians. Majewski, who played yesterday, Coming up to the plate right now. He has no batting percentage. He is 0 for 5 in three games. Seems on the first pitch and fouls it back to the screen. That's right, John. Down the bullpen. Well, left hand is John Matthew warming up. Looks as though there'll be heat coming on. The pitch in the top half of the six minutes of Cleveland. Two errors. The two down here in the last half of the fifth inning have given the Cleveland Indians their best opportunity of the entire day. One hour charge to the pitcher, Little. The other one charge to the second baseman, Williams. Now, Little in trouble. Delivers. Majesty swings. Hooks a long drive deep in the left field. There's a pretty well hit there. Oh, and leaps. He can't feel it. It's a home run for Majesty.
ambassadors of the oldest eligible player here in this World Series. Hank Podesta comes rumbling off the bench. And puts Cleveland back into the ballgame with a three-run home run. That's now seven to three in favor of the Giants. As Al Smith steps up here for the Cleveland Indians. The two down in the bases empty. He takes the first six rolls of all runs. A hard smash by Hank Podesta. That'll be the third home run for Cleveland in the series. The pitch of the play is taken high and off the shoulder by Smith. That's our two. And we'll have uh, double barrel activity down the bullpen for the Lewis Giants. We've got a right hander up there, so we'll only have a left hand in a moment. Brown Little, who's almost invincible up until his fifth inning. And suddenly he has been cut. Two errors, of course. Open the door. These runs will not be earned. They could uh, thank a million of them in here in the fifth inning, will not be earned. Down comes the pitch to Smith at That's our three. Well, we've had two pinch-hit home runs in this World Series. One by Rusty Rhodes of the Giants in the first game, and here my Jeffy this afternoon. I'd like to find the thousands here. The Mr. Freddie and Cleveland with a pretty-run home run. Cranked over the left-field barrier. Not even went high and couldn't make the catch. That guy was hit about 380 feet from home plate. Al Smith will hit one of the home runs for Cleveland in the series. He's happy to play now. The three-year pick to him is a fastball late in there for a strike. There was a fans of opportunity. Rapidly running through the narrow neck of the hourglass of time. Cleveland is trying to do something about it. Little makes this pitch to the plate. There's a fastball. Taken on the outside goal at the outside two. Two balls, two strikes. That's the same number that Al Smith wears on the back of his uniform shirt, number 32. Looking up, it's played right hand hitter. Stands in, grabs up, plays cousin. Now down with his left foot with his 3 2 pitch. Down it whistles. It's a curve, swung around and hung in the center field, and Willie Mays looking up into the sun out there. It's a routine chance for Willie. There's a basket touch to retire the side. Well, that's all here, Mr. Sunning, the Cleveland took the ripple on, pick up three runs, the Dusty featured Hunter. That was the hit in the inning. There were two errors, and nobody was left on. So the score now, at the end of five full innings of play. What's going to the World Series? It is the first in New York Giants seven, the Cleveland Indians three. Well, this one's six matters. He's a great man with a bat. He's a good guy to know, too, believe me. When I asked him about that, he said, well, if you make it easy, sir, to get right and feel right, you can forget about any rosy but the young thing to left. That's a nutty sort of man, that dude. The official state of tenants has just been announced here at the Nipple Stadium. 78,102. 78,102 paid here this afternoon. For the four games in the series, the attendance has reached 261,507. Don Murphy comes in to pitch for the Cleveland Indians now. Don Murphy to look left-hander. Don Murphy from Redwood City, California. 6,190 pounds. As far as working in this series is concerned, Don Murphy has appeared in two ball games. He's picked two innings. He's given up two hits, struck out one man. 
Coming up to the plate now for the New York Giants, Buddy Lockman. It's a seven-foot ball game, and very suddenly Cleveland exploded in the last half of the fifth inning. And with two down, two errors were committed by the New York Giants. Ron Schumann got on, and then Hank Majewski came up to hit for Lefty and cracked a home run over the left field wall. Now Marcy's ready. Pitches to Buddy Lockman, who screams and fouls hits, beating the diamond for ground for strike one. John McMuffey, on here to pitch in the sixth inning. It's not his ball game as it now stands, but it could be. Also ready, takes his time from him. He rolls a curve in there to the plate, and Rockman pulls the bunt down the first baseline. Victor has it. Just as Johnny Rockman goes to first base, he stops. Victor reaches out, tags in on the uniform glass where it says New York. And that's all for Lockman. Well, he tried to drag one down the first baseline and did, but he pushed it too far. So we have one out here in the top of the first inning, and the batter coming up is Alvin Dark. Alvin Dark has had two base hits in three times, two singles to left field. Drives into a curveball and doesn't offer, takes the pitch over for a strike. And one strike to count on Alvin Dark. One out, nobody on top of the pitch. Giants out in front, seven to three, and the Cleveland Indians bitterly battling here this afternoon. Mounted Wood is a curve, and Dark puts it toward right field and goes foul. Just for a brief minute here this afternoon, he rolled back 11 years. As Jimmy Dudley told you, Hal Newhouser came on the pitch, and I remember very vividly seeing Hal Newhouser win two ball games and lose one against the Chicago Cubs back in 1945. The O2 delivery now to Alvin Dyer. Swung on, there's a bounding ball, hit back to first base, but goes up with it, races to first, sets down first, and that's all for Alvin Dyer. The two giants fight the dust here in the top half of any number three. And that's there 11 years ago. Not quite 11 years ago, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Nine years ago, 1945 World Series. A fellow by the name of Bill Slater, very well known in the sports world. Had a pleasure working that World Series with Bill. The last several years, Bill has been greatly ill, and I understand he's recuperating down in Florida, and you sincerely hope that he might be listening in today. John Mueller, old man, break up at the plate, swings on the first pitch, offered by Matthew, hits the right back to the now, Matthew's got a pass the first just in time, and Mueller's out. Now, Brian Eyelash. Well, Cleveland seems to be circling up here. The Giants have moved down in order here. And the sixth inning by Matthew, without getting the ball out of the infield. But nothing fast for the Giants here, and that's the sixth inning. And we're moving to last half of the six. Of the end of five and one half innings of play remains. New York seven, the Cleveland Indians three. Well, you're not out of attendance for 70,000. Good job of a record chair because of the bar players this year. You'll find chairs in the past years in the Slut World Series record book. Two million copies of last year's book were enough to go around, friends, and well, how's this here this is moving out? It certainly is. That's figures because this handy reference will get you a lot more fun out of baseball. It has a score of every World Series game, winning pictures, all-time records of every player, diagrams and dimensions and seating ranges of every part. This year's color rosters and basic rules, scoring instructions, and well, that's about everything. Five Gillette Super Speed Racers, that's for just $1, the regular price. 
The bigger and better 1944 edition of the World Series book is a tax and doesn't cost you a lot cent. Half the sixth inning, Babylonola, the Petson Fire of Veracruz, comes up to the plate here for the Cleveland Indians. And of course, anticipating that perhaps the Cleveland Indians have snapped out of their lethargy, the fans start the last half of the sixth inning with Bobby Avila coming up with a round of applause. Little ties the first pitch to Avila and gets it over at the waist for a called strike. Avila is over to this afternoon. He's two for 13 for the entire series. Two hits for 13 at back. Bobby batting right-handed, standing just off the plate. Holds up that way down to the mound. Little swings the pitch in, and the bailiff swings on it. There's a high fly ball hanging in the center field. Willie Mays off to his left defender. Great for it to come down. He's got it. There it is, off number one. One out in the bottom of the sixth inning. The batter coming up to the plate is Larry Doby. Ryan Cleveland here for a long time. He was known as a fence buster. Doby this year led the home run, loved the back up and home runs, runs brought it in. So far in this series, Derby has had two base hits for 14 times his back. Little throws the fastball to him and picks up the knees on the outside corner for a foul strike. Derby has struck out a total of four times and walked twice. Larry levels that bat off, left hand hitter, bends it to me. Little Little time, took the swing on as a bounding ball hit right of the mound. Little is off, field tires the first, and Derby is off. Well, the Indians quickly have two men away here in the bottom of the first inning. The batter coming up is Rosen. Flip hasn't hit a ball out of the infield in two times. That he was thrown out in the second inning by second baseman David Williams. And in the fourth inning, he tried to drive by grinding the truck stop Alvin Bright. Rosen playing quite a bad time, I think. Flip that back to flip in. Little throws up a big curveball and a tie. Right off the pitch of the cap, the ball one. Just like... Just like some of Very well here for the Giants in this World Series. Punch the sign out for a little. John is ready. Goes over his left, gets close the fastball. And Rose Matthews comes one hop it on the third. Thompson's got it. Fires over the first base, low into the boat. Wadley Lock comes up with it. Fires out number three. Well, Rosen downs out from for the first, three tied to side. Nothing across at the Cleveland in the last half of the sixth inning, and the start the end of the inning to play. There's New York seven, and the Cleveland Indians three. Well, if the Indians could come back and take the first game, their all-time World Series record will be 10-1 and 7 loss for a percentage of 588. So that is top Bobby Yankees, who have won 71 and lost 35 for a percentage of 670. The last one was left World Series record book. Don't be tripping on that now. Seven. Going into the top of the seventh inning, it's going to be Mary Thompson Nolan. Three, going back one, two, three, four, five, six pitches. Six pitches in the last half of the sixth inning. Bob Rudd got the shortest.
Now Smith and Lafayette get the rest on the in a moment as Murphy curves. Mays gets it over for a strike. Derby is the center fielder for Cleveland. In right is well away play. It's a seven to three ball game. The Giants having seven runs on eight hits. The Indians three runs on two hits. Both sides just committed to error. Murphy pitches. Mays takes outside and high for a ball one. One ball and one strike. Top half of the seventh inning. Standing inside against the plate, keeps his feet wide, spread apart, holds up that down to the knob. Mays hasn't blasted that ball as I expected he might in series, but he took timely. Takes fast pitch outside for Murphy, around the count, two and one. Two balls and one strike. The outfield fans around the left for Willie Mays, plays him deep. For quite a while during the regular season, he thought he had an opportunity of breaking the home run record. By Babe Ruth. Pitch going this time is outside for ball three. Three and one. And just been announced here that the player's share in this World Series will amount to $244,843.60. The 3 1 pitch to Willie Mays. Fast ball. Willie swings on and bounces it down back at first base. Woods comes up with it, steps on first, and Willie Mays is out. Up. In the sixth inning, Rockman bounced down to work, Dark bounced down to work, and here in the seventh, Willie Mays bounced to it. So he's been a big little fellow down there first base. Now hitting left-handed is Hank Thompson, sort of the unsung hero of this World Series. Great defensively. Pitch line is high, up above the cap, right over the head for ball one. By the way, Thompson has walked seven times in this series, and if this uh, series should end... With this ball game, he will have set a record for the number of walks in a four-game series. Bases on balls, record for four games, six. Oh, my God. There's another curveball. This was right in and over. Thompson backed off from that one. He thought it was going to be way upstairs. Marty broke that curve off, but good. Threw that one the way of first base. Now the one-run pitch on left-handed batting Thompson. He runs up on it, swings on a fastball, and doesn't get it. That's strike two. Wayne Arlucci came in here yesterday, old hard nose, as Jimmy Dudley calls him. Really fired that rock. Today, Don Murphy has come on, and he's been showing plenty of mastery with his pitches. The one-two delivery. Fastball. Swung on, bounced on off the rubber home plate, a bounding ball to Bobby Avila. He comes in, can't pick it up, kicks the ball away from himself, and there's Thompson going to first to hold on. That'll go as the base hit. Bobby Avila coming in, tried to scoop it. It was one of those do-or-you-don't plays, and Bobby wasn't quite able to make it. It was always a base hit. So Thompson is on. That's the first hit given up by Murphy. That'll be hit number nine for the Giants. Now Murphy to pitch to Marty Irvin with one out and one on. Murphy checks his runner, delivers a big curve to the plate. Irvin takes it outside and high for ball one. One ball, no strike. One on, one out here in the top of the seventh. The Giants lead seven to three. Irvin flails up that back and forth, leans over the plate. Thompson leads it first. The fastball is fired by Murphy under the knees. That's ball two. In this World Series, this guy Thompson at third base has been on 11 times. That's just about par for the course, too. Big Mike Garcia loosening up down in the Cleveland bullpen. 
yesterday's starter and losing pitcher. Marcy delivers fastball. Urban Cup got it and hits it off a handle foul. Two balls, one strike. Top of the seventh inning. John's leading the four runs. The score standing 7-3. They're bidding to sweep this one in four. Monty Urban, who went until today's second inning before he got his first base hit in the series, and then he broke out with a double up there. Takes the fastball up to the face. That's ball three. Monty doubled to left center field in the second inning, struck out in the third, and singled to left in the fifth. He's driven in two runs. That single to left in the fifth drove in two of the Giants' four runs in their big four-run fifth inning. Monty Urban, the wearer of number 20. And Constance steps away from first. Mossy serves up the plate, and Irvin cuts out and hits the foul ball off to the right of the screen. It's going back into the spectators out of play. So the count on Monty Irvin is three and two. Three balls and two strikes. Seven runs, nine hits for the Giants. For the Cleveland Indians, three runs, two hits. One, a three-run home run by Hank Majewski as a pinch batter in the last half of the fifth inning. All three of the Cleveland runs in the inning were unearned. But nevertheless, they're up on that score sheet for everyone to see. Nothing's ready now. Go to three tours. He'll run a big pitch of swing line. Hits down. Then he makes a nice shot. Comes up with the tour. Vina for one out to throw to first. There's the double play. Sam Denny, utility infielder. Makes a tough one look easy. The double play going from the shortstop, Sam Denny, who made a nice stop. Over to Bobby Avila, who had to pivot in a big hurry to make the throw down to first base. And he did. Thompson was cut on the front end of the double play that erased the side here in the top of the seventh inning. And that is the second double play the Indians have come up with in the World Series today. The runs, one hit for the New York Giants in the top of the seventh inning. There were no errors, nobody was left on. And the score at the end of six and one half innings of play now. It's New York 7, Cleveland 3. Ladies and gentlemen, Gillette presents the sharpest edges ever honed. Right back to the diamond here at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. 
Nick Gates has one for two this afternoon. A double to right center. That came in the second inning. The crowd was sending the first. Then he works for a man through. Throws the ball behind him. Behind behind his head. Justin leads out to keep it from going through. And that's ball one on Rich. Rich will be followed by one at Westlake and then by Sam Denny. Denny is firing down there on the mound. Well, this will be his gray uniform, saturated. Then he probably gets me the question is, uh, what a bully. Rich next time, step back to drive hands. Seven to three in favor of the drive. Now a little bumps, kicks, and throws. Rich looks at a curveball, stays high out off the point of the chin. That's about two. Cleveland, last half of the seventh inning, and Sam Denny coming up to the plate. 
Hams over two, he flat out in the second inning to center field. And was a base runner on the pitcher's area in the fifth. Sam choking up on the ham with the bat stands just off the plate, gets right handed. Sends it to me. Little serves him the curve. It's over, right under the letters on the outside plate. Strike one. Nothing in one. The count on Sam Denny. One out, one on. Last to the seventh. Score seven three in favor of New York over Cleveland. Little checks his runner. Works at first. Delivers the plate. Pitches in there under the knees to Denny. Four by one. One ball and one strike. A little mucking around after the mound. Kicks dirt. Comes to the peak of his cap. Steps up on the rubber. Looks down at Denny. Works is not being held on by Randy Lockman. Randy's quite well back to his fielding depth. Now, little touch, kicks and throws. Touch ball, come on, Miss Bradbury for strike two. Sam a little mad at himself for going with that low, well, with that low one. Now, there's one and two on Dandy. I thought he'd go next. Will be catcher Jim Heaton. Now, little touch. Down with his one-two pitch. Come on, there's a line drive hit out in the left field. Up to it is Molly Irvin. Makes the grab. And Woods has to come back to first base. Then he hit the ball well, but hit right with Molly Irwin. He got his hands on it. So we have two outs in the last of the seventh. And Jim Hegan moving up to the plate. Jim started today. One for ten, hitting at 100. He had a double. Today he has walked in, in the fifth inning with base runner. On an error committed by second baseman David Williams. So Higgins is 0 for 1 today. 1 for 11, as he stands at the plate right now. <laughs> Little tries the fastball on him, and Higgins got the shot to win the left field, so they sit. And second goes Wilkes to hold on. If Matty Irvin comes up with that ball in the left field and wheels it in. So it's two down. The Indians now have runners at first and second. And sledges will come up to the plate, John Matthew. Let's see what Al Lopez is going to do. He's got Garcia down in the bullpen, warmed up and ready, all heated. And it looks as though Rudy Regalado is coming up to bat. Here's the announcement. Marcy pitches two innings here this afternoon and gets by giving up only one base hit. Woody Regalado is coming on. This is just thinking a little bit ahead, everybody, but if the Indians can do anything here in this ballgame, about time it up or uh, run it perhaps into extra innings, Rick Woods at second base right now may get a couple of chances to tie Ruth's record of ten hits in four games. Woods right now has eight. Woods established that record back in 1928 in the World Series. Rudy Regalano batting for Don Musk. Rudy hitting right-handed. Standing just off the plate and time is called as he backs away from there. Decides a little as taking glasses, but too much time. Regalado has 0 0 for batting percentage as he takes the first pitch high and tries the ball one. Yeah. 
Giants to Cleveland at first and second. Two down, last half of the seven. Seven to three in favor of the Giants. Cleveland making their bet. Down to 106 by Don Little. An overhand fastball taken on the outside corner knee high for a strike. One ball, one strike on pinch batter Rudy Regalado. Which ready to set sail at second. He can ready to step off at first. Regalado leans over. Little comes in with a fastball. Swing. He runs back to the middle and he's going to go to the base hit. Works coming around third. Willie Marisol goes to third. There goes Hegan into third. And we have one of the first and third and one four. Calls for time and comes out of the giant dugout. He wants to go out and talk to his left-hander. Jim Higgins at third base. Rudy Regalado batting for Don Murphy. Singles back to the middle. And hurriedly coming out of the giant dugout and going down to the bullpen is right-handed Mark Grissom, who relieved so magnificently in the first game of this World Series and picked up the win. He relieved Sam Magley. He was one of the pitchers that relieved Magley. And Leo DeRosa is going to call on Hart Wilhelm. Hart Wilhelm is coming on. He relieved here yesterday. And Hart Wilhelm is coming on to pitch here in the seventh inning. As John Little, who pitched magnificently up until the fifth, had the ball game fall apart a little on him in the fifth inning. And Cleveland scored three runs after two were out. Two errors committed to two men on, and Hank Majeski came up. To hit a three-run home run for the Cleveland Indians to get them back in the ball game. Then the eighth, the sixth inning is rather routine, and the seventh inning here it has been trouble again for Don Little. So he goes out of there after having pitched six and two-third innings of ball. He's given up four runs. He's given up four base hits. He's walked one man, struck out two, wild pitched one time. But the two men on the bases right now are the responsibility of the now departing Don Little of Mount Carmel, Illinois. There's a round of applause for him. He pitched a good ball game today. Cleveland. Higgin is up third. 
Regalado, who singles back through the middle to drive in the run, is himself at first. A pretty good runner. Well, this little left-handed Dave Cook is coming up now. Let's see what happens with him with two down and two on. Last half of the seventh inning. Cleveland making their move here in the seventh, trying to do the same thing they did in the fifth inning. The reason for a fight being sent in, this spring, Dave Cook hit hurt Wilhelm pretty well in the spring exhibition game. Jimmy Dudley rubs his hands together. He's on his home ground here, and he's waiting to see what folks are going to do, and I know there are thousands of Cleveland fans doing the same. Probably the giant fans all over the country have their fingers crossed right now. Well, let's see what happens. It's like Wilhelm is relieved down a little. The knuckleballing right-hander gets up, kicks his runners at first and second, looks down at folks with his batter, delivers to him the knuckle, and the left side, way outside, and left him. Almost had the ball get away from him. But this guy, Weston, is very adept at catching the knuckleball of Hoyt Wilhelm. Now we've got a pretty tense situation here in the last half of seventh inning. He's proven the sword one time. Wilhelm delivers the knuckle is high, under the chin, that's ball two. Two balls and no strike. While a ball is retrieved out in right field and got away from the bullpen crew working for Cleveland. Garcia is still throwing down there for Cleveland. So it will be heat coming on here for Cleveland in the top of the eighth inning. Mike Wilhelm with runners at first and third. Second is open. Delivers to Pope. The knuckleball. Punch foul up to the left of us now. It comes almost into the broadcasting booth. Two balls, one strike on Pope. He tried to hold up on his swing that time, but had gone too far around for a ball of through and poked the ball foul. Two balls, one strike. Wilhelm, the well at number 49, a visit to the Rosenberg. Serious face young fellow steps up, takes his time from Weston, checks his runners, he can step that third. Struggle out of our first. Down comes the pitch, and the ball swung on, and again punched foul. Listen out three third base line, way back into the second tier out of play. That rides the two balls and two strikes on Dave Pope, batting for Al Smith, the leadoff man for Cleveland. Regalado batted for Marcy and hammered a run in by whipping the single right back through the middle. A little gave up four runs and five hits. He's responsible for the two men on right now. But Wilhelm trying to stem the tide. Put out the fire. Two-two pitch now to Dave Pope, a left-hand hitter. Then it rides, the knuckleball, swung on and punched foul again. This one down the left field line. That goes into the crowd out of play. Outstairs at two and two, so Pope found him off. He's giving Wilhelm a workout. Again, as Pope climbs back in batter's box, Wilhelm checks his runners, goes to the top of the stretch, comes down, hesitates, kicks and throws. The knuckleball, throw on, it goes back to the line. Wilhelm has it, fires the first base, so Roddy Lockman, both is out, and the inning is over. So Wilhelm comes on here to get the last rap, the sudden running. But the Indians battle back, picking up one run, and three base hits. There were no errors, and two men were left on. We have a score here at the end of seven full innings of play. It's now the New York Giants seven, and the Cleveland Indians 
ourselves. We've been seeing these two teams go out of hammer and town. There's municipal stadium. 78,102 folks just come in here to see the excitement we've been telling you about. And Cleveland Stadium here is one of the few perfectly proportioned ballparks in the majors. Got a field here. In the Gillette World Series record book, you see that a home run has to travel just as far and just as high to clear any fence in right field or right center as one in a comparable direction in left field or left center. And there have been many people saying that that uh, should be in all ballparks. And if that be true, then the record could be much more even. Well, uh, there has been a great move in that direction. The ballpark here is a very fine one, so is the White Sox spot at Chicago. The one out of Baltimore is going to be a ballpark that will have uh, dimensions. I'll just about uh, the same. Now, Dave Pope has come into left field as we expected he would, and Garcia has come on the pitch for the Cleveland Indians here in the eighth inning. So it's Garcia on the mound. The right fairly right-hander lost yesterday's ball game, so he's 0 for 1. No wins, one loss in the World Series up to now. So Garcia comes on, and Dave Pope remains out in left field. Came on the back of Smith. And the first man to come up here in the eighth inning for the New York Giants will be Dave Williams. So we move into the top of the eighth inning with the Giants leading 7 to 4. They have seven runs on nine hits, have committed two errors. And for the Indians, four runs on five hits, they have also two errors. Dave Williams still looking for his first World Series base hit. He's 0 for 11. Sacrificed successfully his last time out, but was in fifth inning. Comes on, the right-handed batter from Dallas. Leans back from Garcia's fastball and takes it off the hips inside for ball one. Garcia, going around the trade is the big bear. Kicks and throws, another fastball. Williams caught the foul out to the right of the plate. His way back up into the second tier. One ball and one strike. Top of inning number eight. Giants out in front for three runs, trying to wind this one up. Garcia throws an overhand curve. It's in there for strike, and the count is one and two on Williams. One ball and two strikes. Westman is on deck to go next, followed by the pitcher Wilhelm. Garcia throws, gets his curve in there low. That's all two. Garcia pumps, kicks, throws to two, a fastball inside off the knees. Williams jumping back to make ball three. Well, first out on Williams at three balls and two strikes. Top of the eighth inning, the first man up for the Giants. Garcia crawling away out there at the end end. Takes his time from Hagan. Three two pitch to the plate, overhand curve. Well, on by Williams, there's a long drive deep in the left field. It's curving, and it goes foul into the seat. Just misses in a home run for Davy Williams. Tagged that ball pretty well. That's about as close as he'll ever come to making a home run, and that's actually getting it. You can see the kid's shoulders sort of sag when that ball curves foul down to the 320-foot side. Davey hasn't hit too many home runs this year. Actually, he's battled that stick all year long. His batting percentage hasn't been anywhere near where he or the Giants think it should be. But he's uh, grimly stuck to it all year long. That would have been a great shot in the arm for the kid had that ball gone in. 
Grab and Fred make it. Three to pitch now by Garcia. An overhand fastball taken by Williams. Williams fast the ball four. So Williams gets some conversation by drawing the loss. Up Garcia, the first base on balls. Fifth base on balls given up here to the New York Giants. And this one comes on. He sent us back to five fly to right field in the second inning, which started with batting in a run. Struck out in the fourth. Struck the five fly to right field in the fifth with driving his second run. So he's driven in the pair today. And has gone over one action. Struck out in the fourth inning. Well, if he can give that ball quite a ride, too. Minnesota boys press out the batter's box. Garcia fires to him and expecting to bump the infield comes charging in. Justin Camp on it is too close up against his uniform blast on ball one. They've got a jet up overhead here. He's really going through a lot of tricks and attic. Western scores off the bumper, puts the bumper on the first base line. Wood scores it. His only play is back to Avila covering at first base, and Williams has been sacrificed down the second. So Western bumps and sacrificed successfully. Wood handling, Avila taking at first base. So it's a three-four foot out if you're uh, going with it. Williams down, scoring position second, and the batter coming up is quite well held. For his first at bat, he came in and pitched one third of the seventh inning. Moving up to the plate. He's not a great shake as a batsman. They'll stand up and wave at him anyway. If you're looking uh, into the last half of the eighth inning, I'd like to know who's coming up for Cleveland. It'll be Avila, Dobe, and Rosen. In that order. Anybody else needed, it'll be Vic Worth. You know, uh, many times sitting in the bar box, folks like to look at the programs and see who's going to come up the next inning. Now, Garcia ready. Goes to Wilhelm, who clings on the first pitch and dribbles it foul off to the left of the plate, beating it down into the ground. That's correct, Bun. Seven runs, nine hits for the Giants. For the Indians, four runs, five hits. Seven, four. That was that. Garcia overhands the pitch. Fastball, five, two at the knees to Wilhelm for a strike. That's the second one. Count is on two. in the third and was thrown out to the pitcher covering. It was the reverse when he came up in the fourth inning. He hit a smash back to the mound and was thrown out by the pitcher. And then in the sixth inning, he rolled to Victor Wirtz for the first out of the sixth. Whitey choking up on the bat handle, steps in. Garcia checks Williams back at second. Big barrel-chested right-hander delivers. There's a curve inside and low, right into the dirt. Higgins comes up with it nicely. That's ball one. The most sacrifice hits in the game held by Joe Tinker of Chicago of the National League in 1906. And uh, Wes Westrom is uh, credited with three here this afternoon, two sacrifice flies to right and a sacrifice. So I imagine that that will tie that record. The pitch to Whitey Lockman is over but low, and his count is two balls, no strikes. 
course, you know, the sacrifice flyer just came back into existence. And it has to be figured along, I would imagine, with the tabulation of a sacrifice. So Westrom has three. That will tie Tinker. Overhand pitch is swung around by Lockman and hit foul. Out to the left of the plate. Up into the second tier. Out of play. Somebody fumbled that one. It drops back down the lower deck. Strike count on Lockman. Two down. Davey Williams still at second. In comes the pitch. Lockman takes it low. And that's ball. Three. Three and one. Williams driving away from second now, waiting for Garcia to wheel that next pitch up to Lockman. Garcia settles. Looks at his runner, then delivers the plate, an overhand curve. Lockman swings on it, hits a high fly ball to deep right field. Wally Westlake back on the sun to track under it, makes the catch to retire the side. So that's all here in the eighth inning for the Giants. No runs, no hits. There were no Cleveland errors. One man, the sixth man to be left on to the Giants, and going about eight times. So the score at the end of seven and one half innings of play. It's New York seven and Cleveland four. Only one way to get crisp, invigorating shaves that look fresh and feel that way, too, is with shaving cream and a Gillette razor. Now, that's why nine million Gillette razors were bought last year in these United States alone. Just think of it. That means one for every six men who shave. Enough for the million or more young men who begin shaving each year, plus the men who discard other razors that don't give the comfort and convenience of the modern Gillette Super Speed. To pick you up and make you look on top, you can't match Gillette Shave. Buy a one-piece Gillette Super Speed razor that shaves so easily, changes blades so quickly, and cleans simply by rinsing. Complete with blue blade dispenser and styrene travel case, it's one dollar. And hold everything. With it, you'll get the new Gillette World Series record book free. Six more outs remaining. We'll do something about a three-run deficit. And as we told you, the last half of the eighth inning, we'll find Bobby Avila, Larry Doby, and Al Rosen coming up in that order. Whitewell Helm has his work cut out for him. He's to hold this one. And a round of applause for Bobby Avila as he steps up to the plate. The folks here at Cleveland trying to get something started and cooked up. Wilhelm, the knuckleballer, delivers, and there is that knuckler. It's high inside to Avila for ball one. Delivers again. Avila takes. There's the fastball. Fired across at the waist for a called strike. Got a wind kicking up now from behind left center field, blowing right across the diamond, out behind first. So to poke it into that breeze, you're going to have to hit the ball pretty stiffly. Bobby Avila, 0 for 3 this afternoon. Wilhelm delivers. There's the knuckler. Avila runs up, drops the bunt, takes the pitch, and it's crossing. It's in there anyway. Strike two. One ball, two strikes on Avila. He'll be on deck to follow. Grissom down in the bullpen, along with Johnny Antonelli, going for the Giants in case Wilhelm should have trouble. White pitches one and two. Third ball, it's one on and misses and gets away from West Westrum. He comes back to the screen, picks up and throws. 
the first base for the Bulldogs there. There's a case of swinging on a wild one on the third strike. And, of course, it's going to be charged to the pitcher. An arrow will be charged to the pitcher for throwing out one wild. Close. Bobby was running on that last 3-2 delivery. 
so is the crew up here in the broadcasting booth running. The Mets score the breaks. Fitz Swan knows a line drive deep in the center field. Willie Mays back is under it, makes his throw all the way to first base. John Avila has to hurry back. So Dobie lines out to Willie Mays in center for out number one here in the eighth inning. Still have a base runner. This ball game moving rather slowly now. Just a little under two and a half hours old. You know, the fastest series game in history was played by the Tigers and the Cubs back in 1908. It lasted just an hour and 25 minutes. For teams' records like this, as well as all the important individual series records, the handiest source I know is, well, is where I got this one. And that's what World Series record book. Pitch to Flip Rosen. He does. The right-hand hitter takes a curve inside under the chin for ball one. Now Rosen, who hasn't cracked the ball out of the infield this afternoon, he's gone over three. Runner at first, one out, last half of the eighth. Seven to four in favor of New York. Knuckle ball swung on to Rosen. Hammered in the left center field. It's in after the base hit. Bobby Avila's past second. He's on his way. Coming into third. Willie Mays up the ball. Throws in. Avila slides. He's safe at third. Rosen has singled. Right. The ball, 
reports. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. This is WGN, your exclusive World Series station in Chicago. Standing just outside of batter's box while Antonelli throws his warm-up pitches. Gets field to mound. Things have sort of broken loose here for Cleveland in the fifth and the seventh. They scored three times in the fifth, once in the seventh, and a bidding hit to score again in the eighth. Dick Woods coming up there. He's hit one home run for the Cleveland Indians in the series. The series which have picked up uh, three. And now with anticipation, the fans here begin to... The applause for Victor Woods. He represents a tying run for Cleveland. Now Rosen on at first. Bobby Avila at third with one out and second open. Score is 7-4 in favor of the Giants. The Indians make it come right down to the wire. Woods has eight base hits in this series. He can get his ninth right now. Is a record of base hits in a four game series. Of course, this could go more than four now. Down comes the pitch towards the fastball off the shoulder inside. And now, no strikes on Woods. Woods has three runs batted in. Majeski has three runs batted in. So they are tied in the RBI department in this series for Cleveland. Half Miller ready. Glares back and deals off the fastball. It's hard to miss by Woods for a strike. One ball and one strike as Antonelli goes to the fastball. Now we've got John McCall, the left-hander in the bullpen, and Mark Grissom, the right-hander for the Giants. That is the first and third to Cleveland here in the last of the eighth. One out. Dick Woods up there. This afternoon, he's two for three. Double and a single. Curveball to him is over nicely at the waist for a strike. Antonelli took it. It's good old time and brought in the changeup curve. One ball and two strikes. Also, this is going to be one we'll long remember. Well, so which way the cat jumps in this one? That's some ball games in this series. Uh, really been exciting. And now he sets the A big curveball with swings and misses for strike three. That's the big out. Antonelli comes on, strike out Victor Woods. That's the third strikeout against Cleveland. The batter coming up now is Wally Westlake. Western steps out in front of the plate and shouts words of encouragement to Johnny Antonelli. Avila standing at third base, ready to step off now. Wally Lockman goes back to his fielding depth and allows Al Rosen to take his lead at first. And now he settles down into position, checks his runners. Wheels the pitch into the plate, and Westlake takes it low and outside for ball one. Last half of the eighth inning, Cleveland, two men on, two down. Score seven to four in favor of the New York Giants. Two men on, two down. Score seven to four in favor of the New York Giants. They're trying to sweep this series in four. Nelly sets, kicks, throws a lot of curveball, slam foul down the third baseline. Westlake's count, one ball and one strike. (laughs) 
Davis takes a big right-hand hitter, feet wide, spread apart. Stands about three-quarters deep at the plate. Pretty much close up on it. Adnelli asks Westrom for the sign again and gets it. Avila taking a slight lead at third. Now lengthens that lead. Rosen at first. Adnelli pitches fastball. Swung on and hit foul. Third right back into the stands. Down on Westlake is a ball and two strikes. Score seven to four in favor of the Giants. Seventy-eight thousand, hundred and two pair of eyes looking on here this afternoon. Waiting to see what Johnny Antonelli's going to do. Waiting to see what Wally Westlake's going to do. Johnny checks his runners, delivers one and two. A curve over for twelve strike three. I had Westlake all tied up. So Westlake is called out on strikes. That retires aside here in the eighth. No runs. There was one base hit. There was one error. There were two men left on. The score at the end of eight full innings of play now. It's New York seven and Cleveland four.
so. We have one giant out here in the ninth innings. They're playing for an insurance run. May's coming up to the plate. Yes, sir, you can find every player's World Series record in the new Gillette World Series record book. Willie Mays moving in. He has one hit in three times, a double. Swings on his pitch and hits one hopper to Bobby Avila. The play goes over to first base to Vic Wirtz as Alvin Dark moves on over to third. So we have the second out here. Hitting number nine. Giants up at bat. Hank Thompson coming up to the plate. Thompson, who has walked a total of seven times. Had one base hit, a scratch hit in the seventh inning. Second base. Thompson hitting left-handed. Garcia over his head, pumps, throws the fastball. There's another bounding ball. This one hit down to second. Avila has it on the second hop, throws to first, and the inning is over. They have Alvin Dark open with a single center, but he goes to third and gets no farther. No runs, one hit. Giants had one man left on. That was their seventh left on here this afternoon. And there were no Cleveland Eric. So the score at the end of eight and one half innings of play. It's New York seven and Cleveland four. Oh, and the last man is out here in this ball game. Bill Corm, one of the nation's number one sports columnists, will make a mad dive for the press box to get up here to the broadcasting booth. He'll be primed with the expert's view of the game, not only his own, but that of the other top newspaper guys. You'll get a new picture of the game when you hear him. Stay tuned now for Bill Corn, will you? Bases, the record, that is, in World Series play for a four-game series. 64 men left on by both teams. That was the Yankees and the Cubs in 1932. And these two teams here playing in this World Series have already tied that one. The last half of the ninth inning, Sam Denny is going to be the first man up for Cleveland. They have four runs on six base hits and two errors. 4-6-2 for Cleveland. Let's see, they've left one, two, three, four, five men so far. Five men have been left on. The Giants have stranded seven. First pitch by Johnny Antonelli to Sam Denny. It's a fastball. It's outside for ball one. Seven runs, ten hits, three errors for New York. Seven left. The next pitch by Antonelli is another fastball. It's high for ball two. And Denny's count now is two balls, no strikes. Last half of the ninth inning. Denny, Hegan, and probably a pinch batter for Garcia. In comes a pitch to Denny, and Nelly's fastball is good at the knees for a strike. And Nelly tries again, and Denny strides into a lot of fastball. Takes it high for ball three. Three balls, one strike. Western takes his sign from the dugout, relays it on out to Antonelli, gets down, pops him up as a target. Antonelli starts his pumping motion for the 3-1 pitch, rears back, deals it off, fastball, outside for ball four, so Sam Denny opens the ninth for the walk. 
Antonella. That's the first base on balls, and strangely enough, only the second. The Indians have picked up here this afternoon. The batter, Jim Hagan. Leo DeRocher calls for time, comes out, wants to talk to his catcher. Not his pitcher, he wants to talk to uh, Wes Westrom. Wes has got uh, the entire series. Ian DeRocher standing in the uh, circle just off to the left home plate. Bumping her gums together, cooking up a little strategy for Jim Hegan and the Indians. Sam Denny opened the ninth with a walk. Hegan coming up there. Hegan himself walked in the third. Was a base runner in the fifth on an error. And singled the left in the seventh. So he's had one for two today. It's two for twelve, all told in the series. An overhand fastball to Jim was poured right through off the fist. Good first strike. No balls, one strike. It's a count on Jim Hagan. Right down to the last three outs for Cleveland. The Sands are really running through the hourglass now. An overhand line, a pitch is swung on. A puff foul off to the right of the plate. There comes Woody Luckman in. He calls for it, and Western falls away and allows Luckman to come all the way down from first to make the catch and foul territory. Of course, Denny holds on at first. That's a little number, a little puff foul off to the right of the plate. Western would have had a tough time with that one. Whitey Luckman had to jump on the ball. Running on through. Now we're going to have a pitch batter now for Garcia. Dave Philly. Pinch hitter Dave Philly. He's a switcher. Batting here in the ninth inning for Mike Garcia. One out, one on. Score seven to four in favor of the New York Giants. They have seven runs on ten hits, three errors. The Indians, four runs, six hits. They have two errors. Giants trying to sweep it in four. Memory serves me rightly. Mr. Corum told us before this series started to look out for something like this. There's a fastball. Fired to Philly, hitting right-handed, and he swings on it and doesn't get it. Dave Philly is standing just off the plate. Keeps his feet pretty much together. Nelly, very careful with his delivery. Looks at Denny first. Delivers a lot of pitch to the plate. Philly swings and misses for strike two. Dave was going to hit that one clear out into Lake Erie. Sam Denny is not being held on at first base by Whitey Lockman. So the result is that Sam can take a pretty good lead. We'd like to say once again... Here we have the, when we have the opportunity that the umpires that have been assigned here have done a magnificent job in calling the plays in this series. Now the 0-2 delivery, an overhand fastball off the face. A little high for ball one, one ball and two strikes. Now we're set. Antonelli checks his runner, Denny. Delivers the play, the fastball. Philly swings and misses for strike three. And that's all for Dave. Pinch batting for Garcia. Antonelli, strikeout number two. The fourth man to go down in the Cleveland uh, batting order by strikeouts. Dave Pope. Who batted in the seventh inning for Al Smith and stayed on the play in left field in the eighth. Maybe lifted Dale Mitchell. Yes, he is. Dale Mitchell was coming on the bat here in the ninth inning. Mitchell comes on to bat for Pope. 
who batted for Smith in the seventh. And the batting Dale Mitchell comes on to bat for Pope, who batted for Smith in the seventh. The attendance, as we uh, told you here, 78,102 boosted the total. Brought down to uh, 161,507. A task was erected established in 1927. That record then was 201,705 between Pittsburgh and the New York Yankees back in 1927. Now, Ed Nelly, the pitch to Dale Mitchell. He swings on the first pitch to Dale and punches a foul. That off to the rest of our broadcasting booth right up over our direct microphone. The ball's one strike on Dale Mitchell. Last half of the ninth inning. One on, two up. So it's come right down to the last out. 1954 World Series, drawing rapidly to a conclusion. Right here at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. That now is set. Brothers, a curve taken by Mitchell over first second. That's the second one. That was a great big jug handle curve. Mitchell fell away from it and slipped right over well, one of the nice guys in business out of Oklahoma City. Standing in. Ready for the old two pitch. Ready, leads away from first. 7 4 score giant. That now the pitches. High and on the inside. The count is one ball, two strikes. Mitchell. Batting for Pope. That now trying to close it out and pick the one up for a little. If it should end this way, Lemon will be charged with his second loss of the 54 series. Lemon, Newhouse, and Arleski, Martin, Garcia have all worked. Tied on curveball, is swung on, and popped down the third baseline. Hank Thompson comes over and falls there, so grabs the ball, and the Giants are the world champions of 1954. That's it. It's all over. Johnny Antonelli does it. And boy, they're mobbing the rest of them and Johnny Antonelli right now. Well, the final score, the New York Giants, seven runs, ten hits, three errors. The Cleveland Indians, four runs, six hits. The winning pitcher is John Little. The losing pitcher is Bob Lemon. Now, in just a moment, Bill Thorne will review the highlights of today's game for you. That's Viv. V-I-V. New Viv lipstick by Tony. Yes, because Viv is a new kind of lipstick. Never before a lipstick so red. No, never before a lipstick so red. In six vivid red shades. From pink to plum. One shade is redder than a fire engine. Another is redder than a rose. Each new shade is more vivid than red has ever been before because they have a new depth of color. It makes you look and feel so vividly alive. Viv stays on, yet keeps your lips soft, moist, and smooth because Viv is the comfortable, long lasting lipstick. See what Viv, the really vivid lipstick, can do for you. Viv, new Viv lipstick by Tony. Well, the Giants did with a first, didn't they? For the first time since the 1914 Miracle Blaze against the Athletics, and the second time in World Series baseball history, an National League team has won a World Series in four straight games. Been a couple of games the series where it was four nothing in a tie, one one by the American League and one by the National. No, maybe both by the National, but it doesn't matter. This is the second team ever to sweep four, and that was way back in 1914 when the Braves did it. 
This is a good ball team. If not a great one in this World Series. Fine pitching. How about that little 23-year-old kid from Massachusetts named uh, Johnny Annanelli who walked out there in the finish when trouble boot and they had to hold that lead that they had built up in the early innings to one point to seven to nothing and struck out three men in the last two innings. The shooters facing in the eighth and one in the ninth and then finally an easy pop-up to Hank Thompson to send the Giants home singing in the sunshine. Now, I may be on you a little bit later, but right now I want to wish to, I wish to thank our engineers, Jim Regan and Al Rangek, our statistician, Craig Zuzulo, and this program was directed and produced under the supervision of mutual sports director, Paul Jones. This broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball, solely for the entertainment of our listening audience, and any publication rebroadcast are out of use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the commissioners is prohibited. And now to wind up this World Series broadcast, let's pick up Frankie Place and some of those victorious giants in their dressing room. Good afternoon, fans. We're in the Giants clubhouse. The world champions. And before me, I have the captain of the Giants, Say a few words to Leo. 
You did a tremendous job, pal, and you did it. You, you worked hard on you. You were a great leader with a fine ball. Congratulations. Well, Frank. You should be mighty happy. I certainly am, Frank, and I've always dreamed and had an ambition to be on the, uh, on the same club that won a world championship to be part of it. And I really am deeply grateful for the New York players. And I'm sure Mr. Stoneham and all the New York fans are too, Frank. They were wonderful all year, and uh, it was a great series. Uh, everything we did seemed to be right, and everything uh, that the Cleveland club seemed to be wrong and go against them. Uh, I will say that my pitchers hit straight, the players were great, and uh, I'm very thankful to the New York ball club. Finally, hey, let me get a little dress up there, Mr. Williams.
But right now, let's join Purdy and Marty for a final review of the 1954 World Series as these two big league managers saw it. First, we want to send our good wishes and congratulations to Manager DeRocher and the New York Giants. And we've heard the jubilation in the Giants uh, clubhouse. Bernie, I'm wondering, and perhaps the fans are too, what the feeling must be like in a clubhouse of a loser that has just lost the World Series in four straight games. Well, I went through that in 1940. We didn't lose in four straight games, but it's, it's just a feeling of loneliness and frustration and the feeling that uh, you'll do it next year. It's just something that's indescribable. It's a great letdown because the World Series is a great thrill. Marty, have you expressed that? Have you been on the, the losing team in the World Series? Yes, Bob, one time back in 1943 when the Yankees beat us. That was the only time. But it's just like Bill says, the great red band, everybody's shaking hands with their friends, says, hello, boys, and goodbye this day, and I'll be in next spring. That's about it. Well, that's one thing about baseball and sports. It's part of the game. There has to be a winner, and there has to be a loser. And to be a gracious loser is just as important as winning, as long as you're going to have to lose. Now, the Giants really won this uh, series, and they won it emphatically. Uh, Bertie, what did you think of the game today? Well, I thought it was quite a ball game from the point of view of excitement, and uh, uh, as I have said all the way along the line, Giant uh, cooking staff will grind it out. They've got the starters. If they don't have the starters, they have the relievers. Uh, they still had Grissom left in that bullpen, Bob. A uh, little uh, real good ball, and of course, Antonelli coming in on the eighth and the ninth, and he got him out of there when it looked like uh, they might be able to, to break through. He did a great job. He just did the kind of a job he's been doing all year. Well, today, uh, the score fell at nothing, Cleveland coming back and trying to make a big game. Certainly, a little excitement to the series. Uh, Cleveland throughout the series just didn't have very tough. The Giants had a great series throughout the pitching. Their defense was great. Their hitting, their running, everything was great. The Giants had a great ball club and deserved the win. Uh, Bertie, uh, what about the pitching of the New York Giants against this Cleveland ball club in the entire series? Uh, they had something that I think stood out. Effectiveness of their right-hand pitchers against the Cleveland left-hand hitters. Well, it was a story of one man in the Cleveland ball club, Dick Whips, doing all hitting, and uh, we know in the National League that Gomez with the screwball and Annanelli and Little can take care of the left-handed hitters, and I think that the failure of the right-handed hitters on the Cleveland ball club to get hot was the difference between the series. Uh, giant pitchers who handle left-handed hitters to a fit. Uh, Marty, of course, everyone knows that it's easy to pick up heroes on a team that is just four straight World Series ball games. It can almost go down the giant lineup because it certainly is obvious this was a real team victory. But what about the Cleveland Ball Club? You and I saw them a lot this year. We thought they were a great club. And I think you'll still go with that. Yes, they are a great club, Bob. They are a club that won 111 balls. It's to be a good ball club. Sure, they had a bad World Series. The work is about the only outstanding thing I saw throughout the series. It was great. Other than that, uh, I think this is a good question they had. Uh, they were certainly just outstanding. Let's go back to the first game. The Giants won it. Five runs, nine hits, two errors. Lemon, uh, Griffin won that game. And Cleveland had two runs, eight hits, and no errors. Uh, let's quickly touch on the features of that first game. Bertie, do you recall the first game? I think that the only thing that we can talk about in that first game is uh, Rhodes' base hit and, uh, and his uh, pinch hitting. Of course, uh, Mays uh, getting on base and so forth is a great thing, but Rhodes, to me, was the story of the first game. I'll watch you, Marty. Yeah, that's not uh, exactly. 
The second game, New York won it three to one on three runs, four hits, and no errors. Cleveland won on eight hits and no errors. The winner, Antonelli, and the loser win. Marty, what about the second game? Well, the second game is down at back. Antonelli and great pitching, and the pitching again of Mr. Rhodes. The third game, it was New York six runs, ten hits, and one error. Cleveland two runs, four hits, and two errors. And this made a certain. They're very happy. Vernon Gomez, because he said Lee Gomez, who's never lost the World Series game, and Ruben Gomez was the winner. Bernie, uh, what's about in your opinion in the third game? Well, Gomez did a great job, and Rhodes came in in the third ball game and got a pick. Uh, a base hit with the bases loaded, and Wilhelm came in and did a great job. But I think the play that I remember in that ball game is uh, Alvin Duck getting hung up and allowing his runners to advance into the position to be score. Well, that was, uh, but he was caught there between first and the plate. That really took some thinking. Uh, Dak was uh, really a standout player in the whole series, Bertie. Uh, you see a lot from the major over the National League, and you did that, and we're in the American League. But uh, I've heard so much about him. He's certainly what he's proud to be, a really great ball player. About that. As a matter of fact, he started the two rallies today. He's a real fine team ball player, and the New York Giants... As you have said earlier in these programs, uh, are a great bunch of professional baseball players. Back to the final game in just a moment. Now, as we all know, it's, it's tough to discuss a World Series or anything else. But to come up with the right answers beforehand really calls for an expert. And believe me, there's one man you can always count on for the right auto insurance answers. He's the all-state insurance company agent in your neighborhood. You know, when you recommend any product or service to your friends, you like to make sure... They'll be getting quality and service. That's why I always tell my friends, take their auto insurance problems to the Allstate Insurance Company. No, but the Allstate agent in your neighborhood found it right because he was entirely insurance plan and licensed by your state after long money. He knows your problems and the kind of protection you need to your because he's a family man himself, working actively in your community. Traffic safety, best schools, and recreation programs for your children. He carries this same sincere, conscientious attitude, finding the very best auto insurance program for you, and then backs it up to fast, dependable personal service. Now that's why Bill Stern and over two policyholders you're in good hands with your Allstate insurance company agent. And here's more good news. In many your Allstate agent can provide complete fire insurance coverage for your home and at a saving of up to 20% compared to most common companies. Contact Allstate agent now. You'll find Allstate offices in most Sears stores, in different service offices, and other convenient locations. You'll also find your Allstate agent listed in the yellow pages of your telephone directory. Let's get back to the final game today. The total... The Giants, seven runs, ten hits, committed three errors. Cleveland, four runs, six hits, and two errors. The winner, Little, and the loser, Lemon. Now, Marty, today, Lopez came back with Lemon after two days left, and he took quite a gamble. Uh, if you think he had it, he took it over again, uh, knowing uh, Lemon's ability, do you think he would still start Lemon? Yes, I'm sure he would, Bob. Uh, Lopez doesn't know about his cookies anybody in the world. You know just what the person do. And after all, Lemon's the best that he has. And when you have your back to the ball, you come back with your breath. And that's just what he did. I find that Lemon just didn't have it today. And, uh, but uh, don't forget, first, the New York Giants were up. They were really up. So today, I just couldn't play by everybody. 
How do you feel about that, Bertie? Well, in 1951 and 52, I was a catcher on that ball club. And uh, Lopez didn't have the depth in pitching that he had this year, and he pitched Lemon Garcia and Wynn uh, many times with two days rest, and to prove that they could do the job, the last part of the season, I believe we won around 21 out of our last 26 games on that two-day rest rotation, and the reason we didn't catch the Giants is because they had the same kind of a record. So Lopez knew that uh, Lemon could do it, and uh, he just was picking his best man because he had to win. Uh... What about just a just a, a comment on next year's Senate race? Uh, Money, what effect do you feel that this loss will have on Cleveland? And what about the chances of your team, the White Sox, in the race in 55? Uh, being beaten in the World Series fourth grade ball game certainly will uh, take a little start down the Cleveland Club at this particular time. But by the time the next year rolls around, uh, the Cleveland Club maybe will forget all about this. And certainly they'll be out there trying to win the flag next year. But I can say this to the White Sox, Bob, we are too. I think it would be a help of a little bit of things that we're working on right now. The White Sox may be battling this World Series next year. And Bernie, what about the Cincinnati Reds? That was a team that gave everybody a lot of headaches this year. What effect do you think that the four straight will have on DeRosa and the Giants? Will they go into the next campaign, let's say, overconfident? Or do you anticipate the same kind of a real tough, rough and tough race as you had in the National League this year? Bob, there isn't any club in our league that's going to be overconfident. We've got too tough a league, and any one of the first seven ball clubs that uh, finished among the first seven this year are liable to win that National League pennant. Nobody's going to get too fresh in our league. Uh, what are your plans now, Freddie? I'm going to take uh, my wife, and we're going away for a 10-day vacation trip, and I'm going back to work. Uh, what are your plans, Marty? Well, Bob, I'm going out to Oregon on a fishing trip for about two weeks, and come back to South Dakota for a little pheasant hunt, and back home and work. Uh, would you like to just uh, say a word, Bertie, about this? Uh, it's almost hard to pick out one or two players, uh, because I think we're pleased that this four-game win for the New York Giants was a team victory. Were there any three or four of the players with it you would, you would like to just comment on in, in closing? Well, I think Dustin Rhodes did a fabulous job, and I think that's what we maybe we're overlooking is the fact that Louis DeRosa chose Dustin Rhodes for the spot that he needed him the most. As a matter of fact, he didn't use Rhodes today. The staff was a very fine managerial uh, uh, position to place himself in because if this thing ever did get tied up, he always had Rhodes for that hot spot. Uh, what about Cleveland in just in closing, uh, Marty? Back to Elvin, you're foil to them. Yes, I was, but uh, I thought they could win. Bob, uh, that's the only bright spot that Cleveland had throughout the entire series. Just worked at first base. He did his group to get out, especially with his big bat. I'm sure that Lopez did the best that he could. The boys did the best that he could. Well, thank you both very, very much. And friends, that's it. A new baseball champion has been born. So it's uh, all hail to the New York and Rio Durosas, the new uh, kings of the baseball world. Now, friends, that's the last of the World Series Roundup. And speaking for Bertie Pettis, Marty Baines, Bill Stern, and myself, no we were just a real kick out of bringing this session to you. We hope you've made this year's World Series a bit more enjoyable for you. Now, many thanks to our hosts, the over 2,000 all states in first competition throughout the United States and Canada. Once again, I want to recommend that before you buy or renew auto insurance, you can also have insurance company agents in the neighborhood. He's a mighty good man, no? And I also give you a helpful personal round of five. Insurance service that you want. Three years. 
real privilege for me to tell you about this outstanding service man and community leader. I'm very glad to join my good friend Bill Stern and the over two and a half million policyholders who say you are in him with your own state insurance company agent. My name is Bob Oak. It's been a real pleasure for Bill Stern on today's All State Show. Visit Rick Hill, the radio network.